When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. But you say he's just a friend. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Oi! Possible showdown in New York City. Former President Trump is expected to attend the opening day of his civil fraud trial, where he will come face to face with a judge who ruled the former president lied for years about his net worth by inflating the value of his real estate portfolio. Lawmakers may have found a way to avoid a government shutdown. The House of Representatives passed a continuing resolution that would keep funding in place for the next 45 days. 335 members voted in favor of the bill. 91 voted no, all but one of them Republicans. Now, there are a number of issues not covered in this bill, including spending cuts, new border security measures, and aid for Ukraine. These could all become sticking points when Congress tries to put together a longer-term spending bill before this one expires in mid-November. And just before the House was scheduled to vote on that funding bill, New York Congressman Jamal Bowman pulled a fire alarm inside the Cannon House office building. Congressman Bowman told reporters he was trying to get through a door and thought the alarm would open that door. His spokesperson says it was an accident and that the congressman regrets any confusion. Some Republicans in the House want Bowman censured for his actions. Capitol Police say they are investigating. I do intend to file a motion to vacate against Speaker McCarthy this week. I think we need to rip off the Band-Aid. I think we need to move on with new leadership. I mean, the way it works when you bring in a president of baseball ops, I mean, they're entitled to bring in their, their own people. And, um, you know, I mean, obviously wasn't sure if David was going to join us and finally he joined us. And, you know, it became clear that, you know, he wanted to go in a different direction. That's certainly his right. And I gave him that right. This is not a reflection on Buck. Uh, Buck did everything we wanted him to do. Um, you know, obviously, the season was a disappointment, and, but it's not Buck's fault. Okay, you know, it, it, it's spread across the organization. You know, things are installed. I was honored to get a chance to manage a second New York team. I'm proud of what the Nets did. Uh, we won close to 180 games in two years, um, especially last year. As much fun as I've ever had in the game. It reminded me why I always love this kind of work. Um, I wish things could have gone better this season because the Mets fans deserve that.
So we're leaving Chelsea Piers Friday afternoon, I would say sometime around 2.30 p.m. And we hop in the 77 WABC van, which Lou Ruffino has possessed now for quite some time. That's the car he uses. And it's uh, Louie driving the car. I'm in the passenger seat. we got Justin Ellick in the back seat. We've got Renee. She works here in the back seat. And my dear friend for 20 years, Danielle DeLillo, in the back seat. And uh, this song right here, Photograph, by the great, and uh, I mean the great, and I forgot the name of the band. You're kidding. No, I swear to God. <laughs> I told you what's going on with me lately. You it is it is getting really, really bad. Really bad. <laughs> I'm, I, I, I'm looking at Rick Allen right now. I know it's Def Leppard. But, Def, Def Leppard. But I don't know what the hell is going on with me. So Def Leppard comes on photograph, <laughs> and Lou and I look at each other, and we go, okay, this is going to be on the air on Monday. The song after that was Pride in the Name of Love by U2, which I'm sure we'll hear at some point today. But we have a lot of significant birthdays and heavenly birthdays today. I believe today is Sting's birthday. Is that right, uh, Lewis? That's correct. I love Sting. I love the police. So we've got a lot of really good music today coming up. That will. And by the way, it's going to make you feel old. He will make you feel. Don't old. tell me he's eighty, please. No, don't. No, 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 no. He's got to be close. He's yeah, well, mid seventies. But still, his age makes you think. 72 I know. Today. But he still looks great. Oh yeah, he does. And uh, his wife Tootie. Those two have all kinds of crazy sex. <laughs> In fact, uh, over the years, when I think back to the greatest guests on Howard Stern, Sting is one of his best guests. Donald Trump, one of his best guests. Sting. One of his best guests, and Sting would get very, very detailed about his uh, love life with his uh, pretty wife, and it made for great radio. Great radio. I never heard that. Oh, Sting and Stern talking about Tootie. Oh, it's great stuff. So there you have it, folks, 609 on your Monday morning. Once again, Justin Ellick does a great job putting together the open. It's all in there, right, All all the big stuff. We avert the government shutdown. Kevin McCarthy comes up big, but Matt Gates wants him out. You got Jamal Bowman, that racist loser, pulling the fire alarm right before the vote. Somebody's got to explain that to me. Uh, let me go to uh, my news director, Noam Layden. So Bowman pulls the fire alarm. He goes on to say that he was uh, trying to get into some door, blah, blah, blah. None of what Bowman said made any sense. But why would he pull the alarm? Was he... Did he not want the deal to get the deal to get done? Talk to me about yeah, this. Yeah, Republicans were about to vote on their version of the spending bill, and that's when the alarm went off. So he claims <laughs> he claims that he was trying to get into some highly secured door that lets him into the chamber, and that he pulled it thinking it was the button that would get him in. Ah, but uh, if you look at there's pictures now of this alarm that he pulled, and it's bright red, and it says the word fire on it. <laughs> I mean, he's not that stupid. He's no Mensa, Jamal Bowman, <laughs> no. but he could read fire, can he? Are you at home? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you one person he did not convince, and that's a very, very good friend of mine, who happens to be in New York today for a civil trial. We know what they're doing to Donald Trump, not just Donald, but his two sons, Eric and Donald Jr., his daughter, Ivanka. Just disgusting. Just disgusting. But Trump is in the city today to go to civil court. But yesterday, he talked about Jamal Bowman pulling the fire alarm, and he ain't buying it. Here's my guy, President Trump, Lou Rufino, cut number four. I don't know Bowman at all, but Jamal, 
Bowman, a congressman from New York, did something that was as bad or worse. You look at what's happening to the J6ers, and they're putting them in jail for years and years, and this guy pulled an alarm system. And to show you how corrupt they are, he then said when he got caught, he didn't know he was on tape. I mean, I don't know how you can be in the Capitol and not know it, especially after what happened. And he said, oh, he was trying to get into a door. He thought he was opening a door. It was a door two feet away. He thought he was opening a door. It's a red box that says fire alarm on it. He thought he was opening it. This is the crap. And then they let him out because he's a Democrat, radical left lunatic. And he should be prosecuted the same exact way as the J6 people were prosecuted. And they've been treated, many of them have been treated more unfairly than anybody in the history of our country. And I don't know if I should be saying that because I don't know what these people behind me say, but I'll bet they agree with me. There's never been anybody treated so unfairly just about what they've done to the J6s is terrible. And Bowman went and he pulled an alarm and you could add riots, you could add everything else. And he did it during a vote. And he should be treated the same exact way. Agreed. So the vote, uh, here's what happens. We avert a government shutdown 45 days, I guess, mid-November. We'll have to readdress this. A lot of stuff in there that did not get done, including uh, includes uh, aid to Ukraine. But I was made aware this weekend, I guess, yesterday, that there's going to be a separate bill now that is bipartisan. Both Democrats and Republicans want to continue to waste money. Yes, I said it, waste money on this ridiculous, never-ending war. So as far as I know, Noam, even though this um, this government shutdown bill doesn't include it, the Ukraine stuff is still going to happen. Did you hear that? Yeah, uh, and this just keeps everything going for another 45 days, but no doubt they'll get that Ukraine aid because they have enough on both sides of the aisle to make it happen. Yeah, yeah. and also the uh, the border stuff, I believe, not in there. We'll get to all these specifics. You've got a bunch of great guests coming on today to talk about this specifically. Mike Lawler, the congressman out of Rockland County, he'll join us at 645. Rich Lowry, editor, National Review. He'll be here for his Monday morning visit coming up at 740. And then the big one, live in studio, South Carolina congresswoman. She's become a very, very good friend of mine, Nancy Mace, live in studio. That is coming up at 840. One other note, the Giants... We'll wrap up week number four, Monday Night Football tonight in New Jersey as a one-and-a-half-point underdog hosting the 2-1 and one Geno Smith-led Seattle Seahawks. And I got a text at 520 this morning, literally an hour ago, from Lawrence Taylor at the airport getting on a flight, supposed to land about 9 o'clock this morning. We'll call probably close to 930. So the all-time New York football giant great, the best Defensive player ever, some say, including Jim Brown and Tom Brady, the best player ever. The great number 56, LT, will join us live in the 9 o'clock hour later on today. But you also heard in that open from both Steve Cohen, the owner of the New York Mets, and Buck Showalter, who yesterday was still the manager of the New York Mets. That is no longer the case. After two seasons with the Mets, the Mets have decided to fire Buck Showalter, of course they gave him the opportunity, just like Mark Chonoff did with me, just like Dallas did with Tom Landry when Jimmy Johnson took over, just like Miami did with Don Shula when Jimmy Johnson took over to resign. But don't confuse the issue. The Mets fired Buck Showalter after two years. Now, two years ago, his first year, the Mets won 101 baseball games. 
They did lose in round one of the playoffs to the San Diego Padres, but they won 101 games. This year, disaster. 74 wins, 87 losses, a lost year. So in two years here, Buck Showalter, 175 wins, 148 losses, he gone. And the Mets owner, Steve Cohen, explained, listen, I'm bringing in a new baseball president. His name is David Stern. And when you bring in a new president of operations, he should have the choice who to manage a team. And according to Steve, David Stern does not want Buck Showalter. Here is the owner of the New York Mets, Steve Cohen, cut number 10, talking about the Mets firing Buck Showalter. Well, you know, I mean, the way it works when you bring in a president of baseball ops, I mean, they're entitled to bring in their their own people. And, um, you know, I mean, obviously wasn't sure if David was going to join us, and finally he joined us. And, you know, it became clear that, you know, he wanted to go in a different direction, and that's certainly his right. And I gave him that right. You know, it's no different than when a CEO comes into a new company, right? They, they bring in some of their own people. Uh, this is not a reflection on Buck. Uh, Buck did everything we wanted him to do. Um, you know, obviously the season was a disappointment, and but it's not Buck's fault, okay? You know, it, it, it's spread across the organization. And um, so, but like I said, you know, when you bring in a new head of baseball ops, they're entitled to bring in their own people. So Steve Cohen basically putting this on the new head of baseball ops, David Stern, They have the right. I gave them the right. So, again, after 175 wins in two years, Buck Showalter is out as manager of the Mets. Here was Buck Showalter delivering the news yesterday. This, Lewis, is Buck Showalter, cut number 11. You know, things are installing you. I was honored to get a chance to manage a second New York team. I'm proud of what the Mets did. Uh, We won close to 180 games in two years, Um, especially last year, as much fun as I've ever had in a game. It reminded me why I always love this kind of work. Um, I wish things could have gone better this season because the Mets fans deserve that. You know, we mentioned the opportunity to mention both New York teams. And uh, Noam and Lou, I don't know if you know this, but Buck Showalter became the, just the fifth, just the fifth man ever to manage both the Mets and the Yankees. You think you guys collectively can name the other four? I got one. Who do you got? Yogi. Correct, Yogi Berra. Wow. Who managed the Mets to a World Series. Mind you, a loss to Reggie Jackson and the Oakland A's, but a World Series appearance. Was he star about a great series in 1973? So there's one. Okay. Three more. Uh, <laughs> no, it's back to you. Dallas Green? Unbelievable wow. that you got that one. Wow. That is correct. Dallas Green who you may remember is part of a tragic situation when that crazed gunman in the state of Arizona tried to kill that uh, Congress lady. Gabrielle Giffords. Yes, there was a little girl who was murdered. Yeah. She was 10 years old. That was Dallas Green's granddaughter. Right. Yeah. Isn't that unbelievable? Yep. So you got Dallas Green, you got Buck Showalter, you got... Yogi. Yogi, you got two, you're missing two more. Um, hmm. Somebody uh, recent? I mean, the guy you're missing is a Brooklyn guy. Stengel. Casey Stengel. Right. Very good. So you're only missing one, and this is the one I'm shocked you're missing. He's a Brooklyn guy. Oh. Uh, four World Series with the Yankees. It's not Willie. No. Uh, not Joe Torre. Joe Torre. Joe Torre. There you have it. Okay. Yes. 
Tory was uh, managed the Mets too. I believe it was around that '79 era, that Lee Mazzilli season. Uh, anyway, those are the five guys to manage: both Dallas Green, Joe Torre, Casey Stengel, Buck Showalter, and Yogi Berra. The, the players gave uh, Buck a nice round yes, of they applause. Did. That yeah, was they you did. don't you don't often see that because it happens in the off season. Player players are gone or managers get fired, but yeah. he was given like it was like the last day, yeah. so it was kind of cool. And the crowd stood up and they acknowledged him. I like because I love Buck. No, I love Buck too. It wasn't his fault. By the way, talking about uh, the Yankees and Joe Torre, tomorrow here at the station, we're going to celebrate Hispanic Heritage Day. And joining us live, this is compliments of Joseph Tacopina, joining us live at 9.30 tomorrow. The great Alex Rodriguez. Wow. So we continue to put on. That's huge. We got LT today, A-Rod tomorrow. A couple of weeks ago, we had Mike Piazza, Phil Sims. So uh, Chris Olivero, how's that going for you? (laughs) 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 But there is some sad news in baseball. And I mean sad. I mean, it's sad that Buck Showalter got fired. But it's not very, very sad. Very sad is when somebody passes away. And the knuckleballer, the former great knuckleballer pitcher Tim Wakefield, who's a part of New York baseball lore as a Boston Red Sox pitcher, he died this weekend. I think he had brain cancer. Correct. 57 years old. I mean, way, 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 way too young. Had some great moments at 2004. Improbable Red Sox comeback win to beat the Yankees. But if you're a New York baseball fan, especially a New York Yankee fan, you'll never forget one Tim Wakefield pitch. And what's ironic about that is that the Mets fired their manager, Buck Showalter, yesterday. A lot of Yankee fans want their manager, Aaron Boone, to get fired after the Yankee season ended yesterday without a playoff appearance. But it was Aaron Boone, as a member of the New York Yankees, 2003, 20 years ago, at the plate, Tim Wakefield on the mound for the Red Sox when this happened. In the eighth inning, leading by three, as Boone hits it to deep left. That might send the Yankees to the World Series. Boone, a hero in game seven. Aaron Boone, that unbelievable home run off Wakefield. It did send the Yankees to the World Series. It would be Joe Torre's last World Series as Yankees manager, and the Yankees lost that World Series to the very young Florida Marlins just two years after losing the World Series to the Arizona Diamondbacks. Remember, Torre won his first four World Series as the Yankees manager, beating the Braves twice, San Diego and the Mets, but he lost his last two, 2001 to Arizona, 2003 to the Florida Marlins. They're now the Miami Marlins. And congratulations to the Miami Marlins. They're on their way to the playoffs. They'll take on the Philadelphia Phillies in wild card baseball, which starts tomorrow. The number is always 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. We got a great show coming for you today. Mike Lawler, Curtis Sliwa, Rich Lowry, live in studio, Nancy Mace, live in studio. Fresh up his appearance this morning with Rosanna Scotto, Arthur Idala, and the all-time New York football giant, great number 56, Lawrence Taylor. Monday morning, you two cried in the name of love. Let's get it going, folks. New week, sitting friends in the morning.
and WABC. This is Sit and Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. Great Tom Petty, 631 on your Monday morning. I believe this is a heavenly birthday for Tom Petty today, but I may be wrong. Lewis, I'll be celebrating the late, great Tom Petty's, uh, Petty's birthday. Did he die on this day? This is when he died. Oh, God. What was that again? How did he die? No, he died about two years ago, I think. And uh, no, in uh, 17. Oh, he's gone already six years? Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, we'll have to make Tom sure Clive's of that. Bro. Yeah, I guess it does fly. Yes, <laughs> he was 66. 66. I remember when um, he was part of that Traveling Wilburys group, too. But You know the other crazy thing that happened that night? When he was, right before he was pronounced dead, was the Vegas shooting. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. I, think yeah. That guy, I believe that guy's name was Stephen Pollack. Okay. And uh, yes. he killed 57 people because I distinctly remember the Vegas Golden Knights the NHL team in Las Vegas put a banner of the number 57. It's still there in the rafters for the people that died that night. And I want to say that was an unbelievably horrible uh, night. I want to say that it was, uh, was it Luke Bryan? I believe it was, yeah. was on stage. I, yeah, it was I definitely a country star. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't Jason Aldean. I think it was Luke Bryan who was on stage. Man, that was awful. Still the deadliest mass shooting committed by one individual oh, in yeah. U.S. I believe history. 57 dead, right? Uh, yeah, but I don't see the number. I'm just looking at yeah. his uh, bio. I mean, look, you, you think about those mass shootings, and you go right away to that uh, Latino kid. I forgot his name. Thank God I forgot his name. The Uvalde shooting, or, of course, uh, Lanza, Adam Lanza in Connecticut, because they killed little kids, you know. But um, nevertheless, that was a... Horrible, horrible night in Las Vegas, and same like that Tom Petty. I remember when I was um, with Danielle, and um, some Tom Petty song came on, and it may have been uh, Mary Jane. I don't know. And I'm like, man, I love Tom Petty. She's like, I don't like him. I go, you don't like Tom <laughs> Petty? No, nah, I don't like him. And then over the years, all these songs would come on, you know, Refugee, Free Falling, um, I won't back down. I won't back down. And sh- and every time the song would come on, she would go, make it louder. I like that song. 
So it's like 20 Tom Petty songs in. I go, Danielle, you said to me you hated the guy. You love every one of Oh, shut up. That's, of course, when she says that, you know, I'm right, of course. Well, you, you lost. So as it turns out, not only does she not hate Tom Petty, she loves Tom Petty. Loves him. <laughs> and who doesn't? He's a great American. So we're uh, we're in the papers again today. The interview we did with the mayor, Eric Adams, which I believe was Thursday. I think it was. It made a bunch of papers, the New York Daily News, some other Fakakta papers. But I like it when Breitbart carries our stuff. And uh, Breitbart did a story yesterday or today, I don't know, about one specific quote, which is when I accused Eric Adams early on in the illegals crisis of saying, come one, come all. And he, he said, no, that wasn't the case. So if you go to Breitbart today, I believe it's one of the featured columns. The exchange... Happened once again on Thursday between me and the mayor. Lewis, this is cut number six in Breitbart today. A lot of your critics say the same thing. Mayor Eric Adams now is frustrated. He's angry. You know, he can't handle the situation. Who could, okay? But he was the same guy, Mayor Eric Adams, who was yelling and screaming, hey, we're a sanctuary city. Come on, come all. He was the same guy that when the buses first got here, was right there online shaking the hands of these people. He's the same guy that is putting these people in four-star hotels. Why are there still hundreds of people sleeping outside the Roosevelt Hotel, some of our finest establishments? He's that guy. So, okay, he's upset now. Where was that Eric Adams a year ago? What would you say to that? Well, uh, first, let's be clear on something. I'm passionate, and I, I, find, it, I find it disrespectful Whenever someone shows passion, it doesn't have to be me or anyone else, that all of a sudden is angry. I'm passionate. I'm a passionate New Yorker. I have a New York attitude. You know, you try getting on the train and steal someone's seat on the train. You want to see passion, you may call it anger. No, this is how New Yorkers talk. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with people. I'm not robotic. I'm not going to try to be so philosophical and theoretical. I'm, a, I'm a, an opinionated, passionate New Yorker. That's it. If something pisses me off, I'm going to let you know. And I'm not going to live with it. You don't see me walking around upset all the time. I enjoy being mayor fighting on behalf of working class people, but I'm going to express it the way I express myself. I'm not going to, I'm not going to fit in the box. What I did is what all of us have, we have all done in this city. There's a reason the Statue of Liberty, folks, sits in our harbor. I don't care if you came from Irish ancestry, if you came from Italian, if you came from Greece, if you came from the Caribbean, if you came from Africa. All of us wanted an opportunity to pursue the American dream. And I said, I'm not going to treat people in an undignified way. When early groups came here, they had the right to work and to participate in the American dream. Yeah, but, but in all fairness, and but, but Mr. Mayor, in all fairness, those people did it legally. They were vetted. What's going on here is ridiculous. Same thing with the right to work. I think I heard Bill Clinton say that with John Katsimatidis yesterday. My man, the great John Katsimatidis, how great was that on uh, Friday at Chelsea Piers winning those eight awards? And I got to sit at the table with John and his beautiful wife, Margo. She was a lot of fun on Friday. And Emily Pankow and Chad Lopez. And what a great time. So congratulations to John. And congratulations to John to get Bill Clinton on for an hour yesterday. I want Bill Clinton, too. I like Bill. Can't stand his wife, but I like Bill. I think Bill talked about the same thing, this work stuff for these people. You know, the uh, the governor was on Face the Nation yesterday, which I didn't see because it was finally 75 degrees and sunny. 
So after the gym yesterday, instead of sitting in my room watching Meet the Press, Face the Nation, all that swill, I went to my second floor roof and got some color. But she was on with Margaret Brennan, Face the Nation, and she talked finally about the border. This is the governor of New York, the worst, Kathy Hochul Lewis, cut number 16. I, I have to, I'm grabbing it. Hang on. All right. I got it. Thanks. want them to have a limit on who can come across the border. It is too open right now. Uh, people coming from all over the world are finding their way through, simply saying they need asylum. And the majority of them seem to be ending up in the streets of New York. And that is a real problem for New York City. 125,000 newly arrived individuals. And we are being taxed. Now, we are always so proud of the fact that New York has the Statue of Liberty in our harbor. We, we are one of the most diverse places on earth because of our welcoming nature and our it's in our DNA to welcome immigrants. But there has to be some limits in place and Congress has to put more controls at the border. Notice that Kathy Hochul on Face the Nation yesterday and Eric Adams, the cut I just played you on this show on Thursday, both felt compelled to mention the Statue of Liberty as if, as if, that makes the way they're treating these illegals okay. Wake up, folks. It ain't okay. All right, huge guest list, Lawrence Taylor, the all-time New York football giant. Great Giants will host Seattle tonight, Monday Night Football, wrapping up week four of the NFL season. LT will be here in the 9 o'clock hour. Arthur Idala, Nancy Mace, which Larry Curtis Sliwa. But we do have coming up Mike Waller and Joe Nolan with traffic. But first, it is time for the 77 WABC clip of the day. I just talked about this. This is the Cats Roundtable, which is a great show with my dear friend John Katz-Matidis. That's where common sense prevails. Always telling both sides of the story. It's every Sunday morning starting at 8. you got to listen. Listen anytime on the 77 WABC app. Here John talks with former President Bill Clinton. Up here in, just in where I live in Westchester County, we have a lot of immigrants who seem to be adjusted and well-received and and working alongside, uh, you know, other people who are from all over the world. Like the, my local deli is owned by a German who's nearly 90 and is run by his daughter and granddaughter. And he has Polish-Americans, all kinds of people, and then a lot of people who are largely from Central America. So, and they do well, but they're all, you know, they're all documented. This is Sid on Sports. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers on 77 WABC. Justin Ellick here with your bottom of the hour sports update. Sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com to find a dealer near you. They're the world's best built boilers. Another exciting day uh, out of the NFL yesterday as week four action did not disappoint. Closing out the action last night, it was your New York Jets. Falling in a heartbreaker to the visiting defending champion Kansas City Chiefs by a score of 23 to 20. After spotting the Chiefs a 17 point lead in the first quarter, this contest was showing signs of more of the same from the so far lowly Jets. With two interceptions on the part of the gritty Jets defense and surprisingly solid play from quarterback Zach Wilson and the offense almost proved enough to knock off the Chiefs. The heartbreak ensued when Wilson made his first big mistake for the Jets, losing a snap that was recovered by KC with just about 10 minutes left on the clock. And then 
Uh, after Michael Carter, the second, intercepted Mahomes on third and 20 from the Jets' 40. That interception was negated by an arguably phantom holding call on Sauce Gardner. The biggest bright spot again, though, was Zach Wilson under center. He had his best game since taking over for the injured Aaron Rodgers, going 28 of 39 for 245 yards and two touchdowns. Looking ahead to tonight, the New York football giants will wrap up week four action across the NFL. Set to kick things off at home against the Seattle Seahawks on Monday Night Football. Kickoff scheduled for 8-15, and the Giants are currently one and a half point home underdogs. And in baseball now, where Buck Showalter was fired Sunday. Hold on, hold on. Yes. Whenever you mention the Giant game tonight, you may want to mention the greatest football player ever. Lawrence Taylor. will be on this show at 9.30 this morning. Okay, Lawrence Taylor coming on at 9.30 this morning. And over to baseball. Buck Showalter fired yesterday as New York Mets manager after a disappointing season in which baseball's highest spending team tumbled from contention by midsummer. The 67-year-old Showalter said before yesterday's game against Philadelphia that he will not return next year. And a few minutes later, the fourth-place Mets said the team had decided on the change. New York entered 74 and 86 and 29 and a half games behind NL East champion Atlanta and the NFL uh, or NFL MLB playoffs officially get underway with the wild card round starting tomorrow afternoon. Action will begin. At at 3 p.m. Sports, sponsored by Pete Morgan of Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTechList.com to find a dealer near you. They are the world's best-built boilers. And I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. I do intend to file a motion to vacate against Speaker McCarthy this week. I think we need to rip off the Band-Aid. I think we need to move on with new leadership. Young teacher, the subject of school girl fantasy. She wants you so badly, knows what she wants to be inside her. There's longing, this girl's an open page, bookmarking, she's so close now, this girl is half his age. Birthday to the man here. This is the police. He's also had a great solo career. Sting. And according to you, Lewis earlier today, Sting is 75 years old today. Is that right? 75? He is uh no, 72. 72, Sting. Happy birthday, Sting. And that was also that jerk off Matt Gates. Now before I get to Mike Lawler, who's always fired up, he pretty much curses every time he comes on. <laughs> One um, one nice note, I guess, from the NFL. There's only two undefeated teams left after uh, four weeks. The Philadelphia Eagles, Ellick was there yesterday. They went in overtime, beat the Washington Commanders 34-31 to improve to 4-0. And the San Francisco 49ers had their way out in the Bay. They beat Arizona 35-16. to They're 4-0. One team that was unbeaten that lost yesterday, the Miami Dolphins, they got blown out in Buffalo 48-20 by a red-hot Josh Allen, and now the 3-1 and Buffalo Bills. They are playing great. But the Bills did welcome back yesterday a man who, not that long ago, we all watched suffer cardiac arrest. Not once, but twice during a Monday night game against the Cincinnati Bengals last year. DeMar Hamlin, believe it or not, played for the Buffalo Bills yesterday in their 28-point win 
over Miami. So congratulations to DeMar. I thought the media got way carried away when it happened, talking about tragedies. I told you, but after he survived, he'd play again. And I was right. DeMar Hamlin back with the Bills yesterday. Congrats to DeMar. Okay, 6.51 Monday morning. The government shutdown does not happen. Let's go to my favorite guys now in politics, Mr. Rockland County, Congressman Mike Lawler. Michael, good Monday morning, buddy. How are you? I'm doing well, Sid. How are you? I'm doing great. So um, tell me, tell me, this uh, thing was down to the last couple of hours, and Kevin McCarthy strikes a deal maybe three hours before it's all said and done. Tell me how the whole thing went down, and and why exactly does Matt Gates want to destroy America? So there were about six of us that met with the Speaker the night before on uh, a Friday night uh, with the express ob- objective of getting a CR on the floor for a vote uh, to try and prevent the shutdown. And, you know, House Republicans uh, had wanted to put forth a conservative CR that would have cut spending uh, and enacted border security uh, and negotiate with Chuck Schumer and uh, Senate Democrats over that. Uh, Obviously, with the crisis in New York, Chuck Schumer would have had a choice shut down the border or shut down the government. Uh, And that was a fight that all of us were willing to have. Unfortunately, Matt Gates and 20 other of my colleagues, uh, you know, were so stuck on stupid that they couldn't figure out (laughs) what the rest of us were were doing. Uh, And, you know, they they weakened the speaker's hand in terms of trying to negotiate for spending cuts and uh, border security. And, and by voting down a conservative CR and delaying it for two weeks, uh, we wanted to pass this two weeks ago so that there would be enough time to negotiate. Uh, they really left uh, the conference with no option. Uh, and so, you know, from my perspective, and I said from the very beginning, I would not support a shutdown. A shutdown is, is, is foolish. It does not uh, give you an upper hand. It does not uh, serve any purpose except You know, it hurts the American people. It hurts our already fragile economy. And so uh, I said I would do everything I could to avoid one. And that's exactly what we did. Uh, And now people like Matt Gates uh, are are seeking to uh, move to vacate the chair. They want to remove Kevin McCarthy as speaker. Uh, And, you know, I was on one of the Sunday shows yesterday following him uh, in which he said, you know, the only way Kevin McCarthy remains speaker is with Democrat support. And I made the point, the only way Kevin McCarthy is removed as speaker is with Democrat support. <laughs> uh, Matt Gates would need, uh, you know, over 200 Democrats to vote with him to remove Kevin McCarthy in clear defiance of our conference rules, which require a majority of a majority uh, before any motion to vacate would be put on the floor. Uh, as I've said repeatedly throughout the week, this guy is not a conservative Republican. He's a charlatan. Uh, and he's going to continue to undermine the Republican conference at all costs uh, because he is about himself. He is about uh, giving himself exposure. He's about giving himself a bigger platform. Uh, and, you know, he seemingly is looking to run for governor of Florida. Uh, but this is not somebody, frankly, who belongs in public office. He doesn't know how to work as a team. He doesn't know how to uh, 
advance the ball forward uh, in terms of uh, what actually can become law uh, versus just ranting and raving. Uh, And it's really unfortunate because when we have been unified this year as a conference, we have won and we have been able to advance the ball forward. When we haven't been, you know, this is what happens. So this uh, deal, which, again, only lasts for 45 days through mid-November, hopefully by then you guys get a better deal. But I know the aid to Ukraine is not in this deal, but it doesn't matter because uh, even though I think it's ridiculous, there is bipartisan support for that. So there will be another bill, I guess, to continue that nonsense. Um, but the border stuff, that's what really bothers me. I mean, thank God there's no government shutdown because folks don't realize you don't you don't pay those border patrol guys. They may not come to work. That was for me one of the biggest issues of a government shutdown potential was keeping the border guys at work. But there is nothing in here about securing the borders. Uh, is that right, Mike? By by the way, shutting down the government not only would you uh, be put in a situation where some people ultimately may not come to work, uh, as as what occurred you know during the uh, shutdown under President Trump when. Uh, TSA and others said, fine, we're not showing up. Uh, and very quickly, the, the uh, shutdown was ended. But you, you, you don't save money. It would have cost us billions of dollars a day. Uh, and it's just very, very foolish. Look, here's, here's where I think this heads. We have 45 days to complete our work on the appropriations. Uh, we have already passed through the House four of the 12 appropriations bills, single-subject appropriations bills that Matt Gates uh, keeps talking about. We're doing that, uh, but it takes time. And the Senate, under Chuck Schumer, has passed exactly zero uh, single-subject appropriations bills. So they have a lot of work to do. We have a lot of work to do. We have to pass those bills and then go to conference uh, and negotiate between the House and the Senate and the White House and, and ultimately get appropriations bills signed into law. I think what you will see, uh, which is in part what we were trying to set up during the CR to have a negotiation on the border, I think you will see that during uh, this push, uh, and you and I may disagree on this, but I do support uh, aid to Ukraine. I think it would be a calamity if Vladimir well, stop Putin it. No, it wouldn't. He's not, he's not doing anything. He can't, he, can't, he can't take one city in Ukraine without getting his ass kicked. Just stop. God. <laughs> well, I mean, what war, are you, what if, war if, are all you guys you know watching? What? You know, you're yeah. watching the worst quarterback in football. He can't, you know, he may win the game because he finds a way to eke it out. You, you talk about this guy like he's Tom Brady. He can't win anything. Yeah, said, had, had we not, had we not supported their efforts, yeah. Not only would he have taken Ukraine, sure. uh, he would be going into Moldova and other countries, former, yeah. former Soviet satellite states. There's okay. no question about that. But here's here's the, the, the big challenge here. Yeah. If we want to deal with border security, you look at uh, Kathy Hochul's fi- finally comes out yesterday and says, uh, I think we have a crisis at the border. I think we need to stop this this flow. You have Eric Adams, deputy mayor, saying we got to close the border. So even Democrats in New York have finally woken up to the fact that if you want to stop this migrant crisis that we're dealing with in New York, you have to deal with the border. So I think what you will see uh, during this 45-day period is that 
The president wants Ukraine uh, funding. We want border security. Uh, and there will be a negotiation. On okay, that. I can live I with that. That is critically important. I can live with that. Sixty seconds to go, Mike. You're always great. I got to tell you, you have risen the charts on the Sid Babes very, very quickly here. Sixty seconds. This uh, this moron and racist, mind you, Jabal Bowman. He pulls the fire alarm. He tried to give some cockamamie story. He thought it was a door, an exit door. It reads fire. <laughs> Brightest day. Take a look at the cover of today's New York Post. This guy's a moron, but he's not a moron. He did it for a reason. Would you like to see Jamal, Jamal Bowman, excuse me, censured? Nobody in their right mind could, uh, you know, be confused between a fire alarm and a door exit. Uh, not only did he pull the fire alarm, uh, the video shows him taking the signs down and throwing them on the floor. Wow. Uh, that, that tell you how to exit the door. Uh, so this was intentional. It was intentional because the Democrats were trying to delay the vote. They were pulling stunts on the floor of the House, uh, including a, a motion to adjourn. Then when they came back, when the time had expired and we had enough votes to gavel out, they started walking in one by one into the well of the House so that they could vote with a card, all 212 of them, uh, and delay the time even further so they could read the bill. Now, Jamal Bowman pulled the fire alarm, uh, I think very clearly, to buy some time to create chaos. Uh, he's a chaos agent. He stands outside the House chamber screaming at members uh, just a few months ago. Uh, this is who he is, uh, and he was a middle school principal. He certainly understands what it means to pull a fire alarm. At his school, they would suspend the students for days uh, for pulling a fire alarm. So at a minimum, uh, you know, there needs to be a consequence. I, I think uh, the investigation will show that he did it intentionally. Uh, and, you know, certainly uh, my view, I said it the other day, if if he did that intentionally, which is a violation of the law, uh, he should strongly consider resigning. I think uh, censure certainly would be appropriate. Um, you know, we'll see if we – I know some are pushing for expulsion. I don't know that I want to go that far, but the bottom line is there needs to be consequence. And, and people need to start acting like adults, stop acting like petulant children. Uh, and and do the job they were elected to do. Put him on a bus with Bob Menendez and get them both the hell out of here. How about that? Hey, uh, <laughs> can, we, can we find it? Can we find a seat for Matt Gates? Yeah, him. Bus? Oh, yeah, that jerk off too. You are the <laughs> epic man, Mike Lawler. I'm serious, and uh, you're going to win again because you need to. We need you in politics forever. So thank you so much for this morning. We'll do it again very soon, buddy. Thank you. Thanks, Sid, and I didn't curse today. No, uh, you didn't, so I did. <laughs> There's my guy, Mike Lawler, the king of Rockland County, everybody. That's If you don't vote Mike Lawler back in, I don't know what to tell you. He is the real deal, Mike Lawler. That is a great hour number one. Set that up for a big hour number two, which includes Curtis Sliwa, Bill O'Reilly's morning message, and Rich Lowry, all leading up to Nancy Mace, live in studio at 840 and football giant great Lawrence Taylor in the 9 o'clock hour. Monday edition, Sid and Friends in the morning.
Vacation starts with VA. One thing you'll love about your trip to Virginia is that you'll never have to settle for one thing. All that you love is all in one trip. Start yours at Virginia.org. Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. This man right here, the old-time great Tom Petty, died on this day six years ago. Petty was 66 years old. Happy heavenly birthday to Tom Petty. Sting celebrating a birthday today. He's 72. He played one of his great police songs earlier. 714 on your Monday morning. We put this time aside. Every weekday morning is on every day because he's great. Getting big ratings noon to one every weekday afternoon. Of course, big ratings, overnights on the weekend. Arguably does his best work with me right here every weekday morning where people rave about this segment. Almost every day, people are like, oh, I love you and Curtis. He's the icon, the legend, Mr. Guardian Angel Curtis Sliwa. And I'm going to pose a question to start today's conversation. Which of these two are you more sick of, Curtis? A, the talk about the budget and government shutdown, which I just did with Mike Lawler, who was great. Or B, the mentions of Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey, which, by the way, they got mentioned nine times in last night's Jets' 23-20 loss to Kansas City. Which one, Curtis? Let me tell you, without a question, uh, the perpetual chicken dance in Washington. You know, I was listening to Congressman Lola describe this budgetary malaise. I'd rather have two root canal procedures done simultaneously. <laughs> You'd rather go in the hot tub with me and Anthony Caron. Exactly. And by the way. Or have dinner with the mayor. <laughs> uh, Jamal Bowman did what we wished every one of our fellow students did in school on test day. He pulled the fire alarm. Remember? Of course. Uh, we wanted that pulled in the middle of the test because we knew we weren't prepared. We were going to fail. And we say, hey, Vinny, it's your turn. <laughs> Pull the fire along. This way we have to run outside. And, you know, they, they, they had their, their pre-designated areas where all the classes would stay until the clear signal was given. And the rest of us would run away. We'd run away. We wouldn't return to school. God, heartened up memories. But everything else about Matt Gates, Lola, all these... They do the chicken dance, and now 45 days later, the same chicken dance. Who cares? This is sort of like when you borrow money to gamble. After a while, the VIG reaches a point where the guy, the loan shark, says, now look, I ain't giving you any more money, and if you don't start paying off, we're going to bend your leg and stuff it in your pocket, or you may be swimming with the fishes in Jamaica Bay. 
We just keep spending money that we don't have. And these whores, because that's what they all are in Washington, act like they're doing us a favor. They all came out and they said, oh, let me tell you something. Averting a government shutdown is a win for the American people. No, it's not. It means you get to spend more of our money that you don't even have, that our children and grandchildren are going to have to be paying the big off on. Can we be honest, Democrats and Republicans, you're all full of bull feathers. Well, then what do you want? You got this guy, RFK Jr., this clown, who I know Kevin Breslin and Frank Morano, these oh, people please. love. He's a clown. A nut job. He's running as an independent. Go vote for him. Yeah, yeah, go knock yourself out. But that's <laughs> fine. I like a lot of candidates. I want debates. I want diversity. But I got to tell you, this government shutdown nonsense. Oh, we're going to trade this for this. You don't have the Wait money. Wait a second. You're telling me you're more sick and tired. Now, again, you're in the middle of this. You become the face of this, and it's a great thing. A lot of people that didn't love you before love you now, and I mean that. The work you've done for this illegal crisis, not asylum seekers, not migrants, this illegal crisis, whether it's Queens, Brooklyn, Staten Island, yeoman's work, God's work. But, Curtis, you want to talk about talking about something every day till the, the blood has come out of your eyes. Yeah, yeah but, but, but you understand. This is, this is I mean, what... Kathy Hoko finally mentioned the border yesterday, and it's, that's a big story. Oh, my God. And by the way, uh, the mayor was not available to do an interview. I think he was uh, recovering from his missing in action, what was that, seven, eight hours on Friday morning, when he was last seen at the club Con Sofrito in the Bronx, Walking out with a shorty with a hottie, where the hell did he go for seven hours until he showed up at City Hall and all of us said, oh, it's an emergency situation as we were all going down to Davy uh, Jones's locker. That was my friend Eleanor Sugo he walked out oh, with, right? Uh, no, well, Eleanor? I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm pinning <laughs> that down. But that's a club where all thugs hang out, all felons hang out. What the hell is he hanging out there with the police commissioner, Eddie Caban? And why does the police commissioner, Eddie Caban's brother, have the uh, state liquor authority license for Jimmy Rodriguez? Because they're felons. Maybe I should ask Eddie that tomorrow when he's yeah, kind yeah, enough to join do. me on what Hispanic Heritage What a disappointment he's been. No, he's been great. You know, uh, there was a story, though, about the mayor, and it did compel me to text Eric on Sunday. I said, clearly, Mr. Mayor, the New York Post wants to destroy you, clearly, because this story today is a bad story. And I said, Eric, these are bad people. These are bad people. And he said to me, this is what I'm up against. So it made it sound like he's wait, not wait, really. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, yeah. The New York Post had an yeah. editorial. Let's be yeah. specific. Not, he's I'd, got, I'd rather not. He's, <laughs> he's got a number of aide-de-camps, people who are whispering in his ear, uh, who might be might as well be sque- screaming, death to America, death to the Jews. You saw that editorial by the Post. And then another aide who's getting paid by the Red Chinese. I mean, what the hell is going on, Sid? <laughs> what do you oh, mean, Sid? What do you well, think he calls me in the morning wait, before wait, he does something? Well, I'm surprised during football on Sunday you even bothered to text anybody <laughs> other than the point spread, right? Now, let me ask you a question. You're yeah. going to have on your very dear friend Arthur Idala on, right? Well, he's going to do Rosanna Scott's show because my other dear friend, President Trump, 
who's uh, just, this is ridiculous, he's going to be in civil court today. So Artie is going to be on with Rosanna Scotto, Channel 5, and walk over to do my show live at 910. Right oh, before Lawrence Taylor can, can you ask him this? Sure, because sure, sure. one of the lead yeah. stories today is yeah. Eric Adams' campaign donors say they can't recall making their contributions. Law enforcement is now investigating that. Arthur Idala assured us at his fundraiser that we were protesting outside of, oh, no, none of that ever goes on. What are you talking about? Well, it doesn't. Arthur may end up going to the big house oh, and chains and shackles. No, no, I no. told you there were campaign donors who will end up making donations, which you see months later. People are going to call them up to check because these are matching funds. What donation? I didn't make any donation. Look, Adam's campaign donors say they can't recall oh, making their where, contribution. Where was this column? Where'd you find this? Oh, look it up, man. It's all over the place. It's going, it's the going news. viral. It's a hit job. Oh, yeah. They're all hit jobs. The Post is doing a hit job on them. The Daily News, everybody's again. Why is everybody always picking on me? Right? He's Charlie Brown. Well, guess what? What? His attack dog is a person who is in the front line of trying to stir up the racial problems. The Brooklyn County uh, chief of the crooked Kings County Democratic uh, uh, Party sent out a letter on her stationery representing the county, which is Arthur Idella, Frank Carone, everyone, that white people haven't done enough of their share in housing uh, migrants, asylum seekers, as she called it, in all of Brooklyn. She's right about that. Well, now, all of a sudden, yeah. Justin Brannon... <laughs> he's a white guy. Oh, uh, yeah, but he's lying to the people there because, remember, no, 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 months no. ago I said no. they were going to house illegal aliens in Bay Ridge and Fort Hamilton. Remember you, that? You, you did say that, and I gave Justin, who's a liar anyway, and I know the guy for 20-plus years, back when he used to work for Opie and Anthony at WNEW, I gave him the opportunity, you may remember, Curtis, yes. to come clean, and he lied to me, well, too. now his own boss, so to speak, because she is a boss, like all the crooked bosses of the King's County Democratic Machine said, I look forward to working together with my fellow Democrat, Justin Brannon, in supporting the migrants and making sure they are housed safely in places like Bay Ridge, uh, Fort Hamilton, uh, Manhattan Beach, and other white neighborhoods in Brooklyn. Well, I got bad news for her. She's not going to have that opportunity because Ari Kagan is going to kick Justin Brannon's ass well, because of people like you, Nicole Maliotakis, and me and others. We have a rally tomorrow night. We do. 6.30, Bay Ridge, right in John Paul Jones Park, which is right near 101st Shore World Parkway, you know, in the shadow of the Verrazano Bridge. 6.30, remember what John Paul Jones said with the first frigates of the U.S. Navy against the Brits. <laughs> I have not yet begun to fight. Uh, uh. And that is true. So now we take the battle to Brooklyn. Ari Kagan is calling this rally 6.30 tomorrow. That's Tuesday night. When I was at the 3rd Avenue Festival yesterday, Sid. You were there in Bay Ridge? Of course. Did you see Artie? Oh, I, let me tell you. Of course, I was. I was marching around with Eric Kagan to get. No, him. no. Did you see Arthur Idala? Oh, of course Kagan. not. And that is. Oh, he not was his there. He sent me videos oh, and pictures. Please. He wanted to avoid me like the plague. Was he with his buddy Justin <laughs> Brannon? That no, he's liar? not buddies with Justin. Of course Brannan. he is. Yeah, no, they're in the not. same Kings County Democratic cooking machine. Now you got to ask him whose side are you on, Artie? You're a chairwoman who says I look forward to working together with my fellow Democrat Justin. Justin Brandon might as well put Arthur Idala there in supporting the migrants and making sure they are housed safely in places like Bay Ridge, Fort Hamilton, Manhattan Beach, and other white neighborhoods. 
Will people start finally listening to me? I'm like Paul Revere. I'm riding, right? I'm riding through bullets, through all kinds of flotsam and jetsam. And my own Republicans say, they call up Sid. How does he know? Read the freaking letter that she sent out. (laughs) What is wrong with you Republicans? And let's give credit where credit is due. Ari Kagan is having the first rally Tuesday night, 6.30, John Paul Jones Park. I have not yet begun to fight. He's there taking it to Justin Brannon, and Justin Brannon is a liar. And Arthur Idella, are you going to jump on board with the uh, head of the crooked Kings County Democratic machine who's playing the race card? And what about Eric Adams? He sent Ingrid Lewis Martin, his aide, to do an interview. This woman calls up every day and wants me fired. And she says, what we got to do is close the border. I finally say, yeah. And then Eric Adams says, not quite so fast. As he plays the rubber dope and conducts technology against us. This is a war. Ladies and gentlemen, everywhere in the tri-state area, we have not yet begun to fight against this illegal alien invasion. I don't trust any of these politicians as they speak with more tongue, with a lot of technology. We, the people, will persevere. In the morning. For my friends. 77 WABC. I love this song. This is Human by the Human League, a great 80s classic. But uh, somebody with this band 
along with Sting, celebrating a birthday today. Or is that a heavenly birthday like Tom Petty? <laughs> I was singing, sorry. <laughs> yeah. The producer, singer, and uh, the guy, the songwriter is uh, Philip Oakey. Yeah. One He's of the six, greats. 68. 68. It's a great yeah. song, man. Yeah. He was at Thanksgiving last year. He was? Yeah. You guys are that tight? Uh, yeah. Well, I didn't know he was coming, but <laughs> yeah. it's a, a great nice song, des- man. a nice dessert. Yeah. Talking about nice desserts, I got to get to my night last night. You know, while uh, my dear friend Curtis Sliwa kills my boy, Arthur Idala, I love Artie. Artie again about to go on Rosanna Scotto on Channel 5. Then he'll join me live in studio at 910 Right after Nancy Mace is live in studio, and right before New York football giant great Lawrence Taylor. That's true. I'm not kidding. So Artie, last week, was the guy that kind of, kind of put that bridge back together for me and the mayor, Eric Adams, who was on Thursday for about 30 minutes, mind you. And Artie also reached out to Lenny. Lenny is a Brooklyn legend, Everybody loves him. I don't care if it's Anthony at the garage. I don't care if it's Mike and Fred at Michael's Restaurant. Lenny is Mr. L&B Spumoni Gardens. And you guys know that for years I've been killing him because dating back to about six years ago, I had to wait online for like 45 minutes. And what really bothered me was I was waiting online and I saw a chalkboard inside the restaurant that said, and I quote, Welcome, Boomer and Carton. <laughs> so I'm standing online. I'm co-hosting the show here with Bernard, God rest his soul. And uh, I'm like, what? I pulled, I hate to say it. It's not my nature. I know you guys know that. But Lou and Noam, I pulled a Reese Witherspoon. I pulled the old, don't you know who the F I am? <laughs> I am not waiting online. So I vowed to never go back, and I never did. Now I did not go back, but I, and I feel horrible now. I said it on the air, F him. And I got to tell you, what Lenny did last night was absolutely unbelievable. I'll get to that in the 8 o'clock hour. It was unbelievable. But 77 WABC listeners join us on October the 20th as 77 WABC and Ramsey Mazda back the blue with special programming all day. I believe Eddie Caban, the police commissioner, and the mayor himself will join us that day. Goes out to all police officers everywhere, including... um. You know, Wednesday night, Danielle and I were invited by the head of the DEA, my dear friend Paul DiGiacomo, to celebrate um, a big night for those guys at Russo's on the Bay in Howard Beach. And we're going Wednesday night. So we're going to celebrate police officers everywhere coming up on October the 20th. We thank you for your honor and dedication as you protect and serve. Download the 77 WABC app and listen all day coming up. On October the 20th. Okay, which Lowry, Nancy Mace in studio, Arthur Idala in studio, Lawrence Taylor, all about to come your way. 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Blames the one before And all of their frustrations Come beating on your door I know that I'm a prisoner to all my father has so dear I know that I'm a 
hostage All his hopes and fears I just wish I could have told him In the living years Uh, the great Mike Rutherford right here. Mike Rutherford, Mike and the Mechanics. Also part of that great band, Genesis. Mike Rutherford, Phil Collins at one point. They also had Peter Gabriel. And along with Sting and some others, Mike Rutherford is celebrating a birthday today. I have no idea how old Mike is. I love this song. It's a great father-son song. I usually play this on my dad's birthday, Living Years. How old is Mike Rutherford He's today? He's old. 73. Oh, God. <laughs> all it is is depressing. We shouldn't even do them anymore. Well, they're all in their 70s and 80s, all of them. Yeah, Every just, one of them. Just say that, 70 plus. See, the problem is, if it's a young kid's birthday today, I'm not going to play it. Like, I'm not going to play Justin Bieber. I'm not going to play um, Lamar oh. Hendricks or whatever his name is. Lamar, yeah, it's awful. Kendrick Lamar, whatever the hell it is. Lamar I don't know. God. Is his manager's name? I don't know who he is. I just don't care. I do like uh, the kid Justin Timberlake. I like him. And uh, I once well, he's did... not a kid anymore either. He's not either. You're right. But he's in his 40s, I think. He's not. I once did shots with Chris Kirkpatrick at the Super Bowl. He's one of those guys in instinct. And um, one time Lance Bass did a movie with Emmanuel Sharik. He saw on a train in Chicago... And he spent the next two hours, even though he's gay, trying to find her again. She's really pretty. She oh, was. She's amazing. She was yeah. gorgeous. She was an entourage and that stupid movie um, with uh, Adam Sandler when he played the hairdresser. Oh, what was that? Zoolander. <laughs> she was gorgeous. That uh, that girl. Well, maybe she still is. Joe Abood. I carried Lila, one of his two beautiful daughters, down the runway to this song when she was one year old. I remember that, Joseph. When we had that beautiful event for you last year down in Gramercy Park, we actually played the song in the video, so I remember that. All right, uh, you heard there Brian Kilmeade talk about Bob Menendez, and don't start talking about the Hispanic stuff as an excuse. Tomorrow, we'll be celebrating Hispanic Heritage Day right here on WABC. We have a bunch of good guests stopping by tomorrow, including the first Latino police commissioner ever, Eddie Caban, and former Yankee great Alex Rodriguez. A-Rod will be here at 9.30 tomorrow. Lawrence Taylor, the greatest football player ever, New York football giant great, set to join us at 9.30 today. But right now, he is the editor of the Nat Review, Politico, NBC, and the perfect Monday morning guest, my dear friend, Rich Lowry. Rich, good morning, buddy. How are you? Good. What's up, Sid? Well, there's a lot going on here, Rich. We averted a government shutdown, and you know, I know. I, I, at least what I heard was that Matt Gates was very upset that during that whole controversy where he was in trouble for possible sexual harassment, underage girls, all that nonsense, that he um, supposedly was very upset that Kevin McCarthy 
didn't rush to defend him. And I wonder if a lot of this animus between Gates and McCarthy dates back to that. Do you have any idea? No. Might have played into it, but I think he was going to hate McCarthy regardless. Why is that? Just, well, he, he's the backbench bomb thrower. No one's going to be pure enough. Um, and and he's, it was clear you know, he was, just, he was come, coming from McCarthy one way or the other, and the moment's upon us. What is he? I mean, look, I get it. Not the best deal, but I spoke to Mike Lawler about this from Brockton County last hour. You know, they'll get some Ukraine stuff, the Dems. We'll get border stuff when it's all said and done in 45 days. But what does Matt Gates want? Does he want the government shut down? Does he want complete chaos? What does he want? Yeah, exactly. I mean, he wants spending bills that uh, will never pass the Senate or be approved by the White House. So they're just a non-starter. And then he doesn't want to acknowledge that or compromise. And then he wants to blame anyone who accepts reality and compromises. So, and, right. and he doesn't have an alternative for, for speaker either. So, right. I mean, is it's, there, it's, uh, uh, it's Walter told me this morning, along with uh, Gates, he needs like 200 Democrats yeah. to vote along with him to remove McCarthy. I mean, I, I don't see any realistic chance of removing McCarthy. So what does Gates do? Just bitch every day? Yeah, this is this is the irony. He's he's upset because McCarthy finally gave in after trying to get Gates and, and these guys on, on a Republican alternative, you know, for weeks. Finally gave up right on the uh, cusp of the deadline and said, oh, "I got to do it with Democrats." So Gates's position is this is so terrible that McCarthy worked with Democrats that Gates is going to work with Democrats to topple McCarthy, which <laughs> makes zero sense. And his first call, apparently Gates's call was the Congressional Progressive Caucus, because they hate McCarthy yeah. the most of any Democrats, just like Gates. So it, it, does, it just it makes zero sense. But, you know, it's a real – it's unprecedented. It hasn't happened in, I don't know, 110 years, and it's, it's hard to know which way the ball is going to bounce. Are Democrats really going to bail out McCarthy? Are they going to try to squeeze them and get concessions? Or will there just be enough moderate Democrats who, who uh, uh, come to bail them out with most Democrats voting against them? I think it's probably the most likely result, but but we'll see. When does it all go down, do you know? <clears throat> Sometime this week, I think what happens is Gates have to, has to put the motion down, and then when he does that, there are two days, uh, legislative days, so-called, before it has to be voted on. And there's a chance before the, those two days are up that McCarthy's allies will offer a motion to so-called table it, you know, make it go away. But you need a majority either to uh, for the motion to vacate to succeed or a majority to table the motion. And you, you might get, you know, <laughs> you might get neither being the case. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and Gates is saying if the motion, his motion to vacate fails, he'll just keep offering it, which is his <laughs> right. You know, what I really don't like is this uh, Hakeem Jeffries and, and my friends represent them. And I know the Democrats love him. I don't know why. This is the same moron that spent time on the floor here singing Big E lyrics. Sort of God, he started, he broke into hypnotized one day when he wanted to name some Brooklyn street after uh, Big E. I swear to God. Um, but then. That's a great, I love that song. I love that song too, but I'm not going to tell you on the house floor start to sing Big E. I mean, Jesus, what a moron. But then I saw him this weekend and he's like, you know, this, uh, this government shutdown aversion is a win for democracy. I'm good with that. It was. And a loss for the MAGA extreme. Shut up. He, he showed his true colors right there. Hakeem Jeffries doesn't give a rat's ass about the American people. He doesn't care about how the government runs. He wants to be able to just stand there and say, we beat the MAGAs. I'm serious. That really pissed me off. 
Of course, you know it's it's a it's a partisan position. He's a partisan. He's going to act like a a partisan. But he, you know, this is another irony of what Gates is doing now. Hakeem Jeffries has enormous uh, power over who the Republican Speaker of the House will be. What, what sense does that make? You know, and again, so I can understand if a majority of Republicans want to get rid of McCarthy. Okay, go do it. But if five Republicans want to get get rid of McCarthy, you're going to try to do it and and give this enormous influence to Hakeem Jeffries. It just it makes zero sense at any level. And what about another moron? This Jamal Bowman who oh, yeah. pulls the fire alarm and tries to play it off like he was confused about the door. We've got video. It's about the time the Republicans are about to vote the House, I should say. It was clear what this guy was trying to do. There's got to be at the very least a censure, if not more, no? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. You know, it looks like a a, um, a drunk college freshman at his door at 2 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'll just pull yeah. this. Yeah. And he's the same happens. guy. He's the same guy that will be the first to bitch and complain about January 6th. But what he did could have easily resulted in another January 6th. Yeah, well, it could have, you know, you can't you can't call the uh, in, in effect that's what you're doing. You're calling emergency services on a false pretense and and it seems as though the timing, you know, that he wanted to disrupt the procedure because at that point Democrats were were desperate to delay things. Um and and you know, for understandable reasons, McCarthy laid down this this enormously enormously consequential bill and said, you know, let's let's vote on it now without anyone reading it, which is a really bad practice, but still who who, you know, the the story is Oh, uh, the door is locked, so I pulled a fire alarm? Whoever, like in the history of humanity, thought <laughs> that's the way to open a door. Come on. Uh, I want to ask you about RFK Jr. He's still out there for some reason, and I have nothing against the guy. And I actually do love the Kennedys. I love the whole story. But this guy's a clown. And then, of course, what he said during the COVID about the Jews, he's pretty much gone away since. Mm-hmm. But I got friends who really believe, as an independent candidate, he may do what Ross Perot did many, many years ago. Maybe they're right. I don't know. I don't look at this guy as significant, as relevant, any of those things. Do you? No, Perot was a, a unique phenomenon. But look, this is uh, this one could be a threat to Trump because of the prism through which, and it's clearly one of the prisms, not the only one, but a prism through which the 2024 race will be viewed, assuming both Trump and Biden are the candidates, is establishment versus anti-establishment. And what's RFK? You know, he's from this establishment family, but now he's this dissident and black sheep who is an anti-establishment candidate. And there, there could be some, you know, small percentage that, uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm not with Biden. I, I didn't believe in the vaccines. I thought they went way too far. I ordinarily would like Trump, but for some reason I don't, and I'm voting for, for RFK. And, again, you get, get like a 2020 – type result with real yeah. real close races in the swing states, which I would expect again, that could make a difference. Now, on the other side of the ledger, you know, Cornell West or Joe Manchin could hurt Biden. Uh, but it's just one way. This is, this is going to be a wild, just a wild race next year. You know, there was a time, Rich, before you started dining with Donald Trump and having him send you unprovoked your stories in the Nat Review signed by him and this love affair you're having with Trump. There yeah. was a time... I remember when I first uh, told the guys, I want Larry on every week. And Bernard said, but he's a never-Trumper. I said, he is? He said, yeah, he's a never-Trumper. I said, so what? So is my cousin Norm Coleman. So is Lindsey Graham. So many, so many other folks. So there was a time, at least, when you were considered that by very, very smart people. But even if you were, I'm not saying you were, even if you were, what's happening in civil court today in New York has to make you nauseous. No? 
Yeah, so I, I'm still not with Trump. Uh, I'm not sure I'll ever be with Trump. But, yeah, I mean, this is it's, it's one of these things. Well, what, what, did you, what, did you pay for lunch that day or something? What's the problem? <laughs> <laughs> you know, did, did, did he inflate his numbers? Yeah, of course he, he, he did. Is he the only one in the history of the real estate business who inflated his numbers? No. Are they going after him because his last name is Trump? Yes. So it's like it, it's guilty, but it's still appalling that uh, they're going after him this way. So, they, I mean, they're basically going to nuke and destroy his, his company, and then uh, several months later they're going to try to take away his freedom. So the Mets fired Buck Showalter yesterday. If you read the papers today, it said Buck resigned. Same thing happened to me. WFAN, Mark Chernoff called me and Danielle and said, we're going to fire you, but if you want to resign, it looks better. Mm-hmm. So I resigned. Uh, he got fired after two years by the Mets. Shocking. I think most people are absolutely shocked. I don't think Yankee fans will be shocked if Aaron Boone gets fired. Would you like to see both New York teams fire their managers this offseason? You know, I've gotten tired of Boone just, you know, listening to him at press conferences, which is not a good reason to, to fire a manager trying to explain how, you know, this guy's, you know, his hitting 177 is really barreling the ball well, you know, and he's coming around. I'm just kind of sick of it. But I, I think Buck Showalter is a great baseball man, just a great baseball man. So the idea that Mets failure has to do with Buck, same thing with, you know. I, well, 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 the, sure but the, the owner did say it, it wasn't him. The owner said, look, it has nothing to do with Buck. I hired a new baseball operations man, David Stern. He wants to bring in his new his own guys. Mm-hmm. And Bill Madden did write a very interesting story yesterday. I like, though, not Lubica. Lubica's story is stupid. But Bill Madden wrote a good story where he said that the Mets are all caught up in these baseball analytics and yeah. Buck is kind of old school. That's not his yeah, thing. No, that's so. true. Yeah, that's true. There's a great Buck Showalter story, by the way. He uh, when he you know came up with the Yankees, of course, and he was a young manager of spring training, and he was invited out to dinner with Billy Martin. So this is like a huge honor, you know. I'm one of the gang now, and a, and a guy a guy said come up came up to him beforehand and said, Buck, whatever you do, eat before you go to dinner. He's like, well, what are you talking about? Eat a lot before you go to dinner. And of course, he goes to dinner with Billy Martin and his gang, and he understands because, like, three hours in, all they've done is drink. drink you know? <laughs> I'm going to put you, put you on the spot right here on the way out here, which, Lowry, Buck Showalter, and I did this last hour with my guys on the show. Buck Showalter became the fifth manager ever to manage both the Mets and the Yankees. Uh, yeah. How many of the four can you name before him? Oh, I don't know. Uh, Casey Stingle. Bang. Uh, I don't know. Did Lee Mazzilli? Incorrect. Incorrect. Um, One hints? Uh, oh, a uh, Yogi? Yogi Berra, 1973 World Series for the Mets. Two more. Yeah. Um, You're missing the most obvious one. He won four World Series with the Yankees. Oh, Tory oh, was the Mets manager? Yes, 1979. I totally forgot about and that. And you're missing one more. This is the hardest one, but I'll give you a hint. His granddaughter was murdered. She was 10 years old when oh, they tried God. to shoot Giffords. Out in Arizona. Oh, I don't. I don't. He also managed the Phillies, the World Series. No. Yeah. Dallas Green. That's uh, that's the oh, fifth one. Oh, so Dallas Green. Oh it. God, uh, that's awful. Isn't that awful? I realize that about his granddaughter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was awful. Yes, yes. So Great that's trivia a trivia question. Yeah, is it, that's a good question, right? It is. Very put good. it. Put it in National Review today. Talk about Showalter getting we'll fired and give me the damn credit. We'll, fi- we'll fire fire Boone, and you guys can hire him, and there we go. Get another one. <laughs> he'll, he'll make number six. There you go. Hey, Rich, great job as always, buddy. Right. Thank, Thank you. you. Now, he's so good, folks. The editor of the National Review, Politico, NBC, he does it all. A Monday morning staple on Sitting Friends in the Morning, which, Larry, that wraps up the first half of the show, the first two hours. Great appearances by Mike Lawler, Curtis Lee, where Rich Lowry still to come. We're going to have Nancy Mace. 
congressman out of South Carolina, live in studio. Arthur Idala live in studio. And the greatest football player ever. That includes Tom Brady, number 56 for the Giants. Lawrence Taylor, Giants, set to host the Seattle Seahawks tonight. Monday Night Football wrapping up week four of the NFL. More Mike Rutherford, Mike and the Mechanics, two hours to come. Seventy-seven WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. Seventy-seven WABC. home from Chelsea Piers on Friday. I went back with Lou. We started with Justin Ellick, Danielle DeLillo, my friend over there at iHeart, and um, Renee, but it ended up just me and Lou, which has happened a bunch the last couple of months, and anytime a song comes on we like or I like, I make sure I text it to Lou right away so we play it the very next show. This is the third song we played today from that trip. Lou did a good job. Body was a bitch, man. I know I had some flooding not my roof. I'm telling you folks right now, I saw more people with roof issues in my neighborhood. you got to call Gunner Roofing. I don't make a penny. I don't make a penny if they do your roof. Trust me. But they did my roof in a day and a half. In a day and a half at the cheapest price. We had three inches of rain in an hour. My whole community has issues with their roof. There's some pumping. I had nothing. 
Gunner Roofing is the best. Well, that's a switch compared to your last year. Last year was a nightmare. Well, those are the, those <laughs> were the, uh, the the pipes froze, of course, and and that all busted. But we decided when we fixed all that to fix the roof too. And Gunner Roofing came up huge, huge. So if you need a, your roof done, get that. And John Neese, get to my damn house today. I know you're listening. Get to my damn house today. That second floor deck is flooding. Oh my god! My garage is flooded. I'm pissed off. What happened? Two days he said he's coming. He hasn't come. John Neese. Get to my house today, or I will find you. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. God, <laughs> Jesus. Oh, that's a, that's Just fix the damn thing. That was scary. That was like yeah. doing the movie Taken 4. Yeah. I will find you. I will find you. I will find you, and so I will kill you. So we had this beautiful uh, awards thing at Chelsea Piers, and the station won eight awards. Congratulations to John and Margot and Chad and Emily and, and everybody, you know. And um, we won the best morning show, which we should win every award every year. In fact, I should have 10 Marconis by now. I don't have any, which makes no sense. Not one. Makes no sense. Anyway, we had a great day on Friday, and then we uh, had to go home. And it was a long trip. There was a lot of traffic on Woodhaven Boulevard in Friday drive time. That's every day, too. But you did a great job, Lou. You did a great job. Well, thanks. Well, thank you. Sure. And uh, some great music and some good laughs and always fun with Lou. Lou's just, for 25 years, man, always makes me laugh. Just a terrific guy. I love Lou. And I was happy to hear that Margot loves you, too, because I'm sick and tired of telling people how you're the best in the business, you're the greatest, and getting very little response. Margot was enthusiastic on Friday, finally. No, she just attacked me. Yeah, she was great. Right yeah. Great. Well, good. Yay. Happy to see that. So um, last night, again, thanks to Artie Adala, we made our way to LMB. You know, I've been tough on LMB's Pomodi Gardens for the last six years. <laughs> And uh, I knew I was in trouble right away when Lenny, who's a terrific guy, the owner, came downstairs after dinner and said, here I am. I'm sick and tired of hearing about Il Cortiel and Michaels. <laughs> and I got to tell you, all these Italian restaurant guys, whether it's Tommy Leonard, I love Tommy. He owns Il Cortiel, him and his brother Sal. Whether it's Michael and Freddie, they own Michaels. Whether it's uh, my buddy Danny, who owns Harry's Italian on Gold Street. All these guys are great guys. And Lenny, what he did last night, just an unbelievable dinner. The food was amazing, the dessert. And then to bring down a bouquet of flowers for my wife, Danielle, for her birthday was really over the top. It was just beautiful. And, of course, his nephew, Phil, and Phil's uh, buddy there, Yancey, his cousin, I think. And, you know, he told me that uh, there's a guy named Gus, and Gus is the head of the American Dental Association. He's a big, big guy, huge guy, and Gus loves this show. And he goes to L&B Spumoni Gardens all the time and always says to Lenny, you better take care of Sid. Sid sounds pissed. So anyway, uh, Lenny was great last night, and we met a beautiful couple who was sitting next to us. I believe their names were Patrick and Martina with their little girl Charlotte, and they were great. So it's just a uh, wonderful night, and... I wish you were there, but not really, you know. One of those things. What are you, what are you talking to? And... Myself. Okay. Yeah, just talking to myself. <laughs> no, no, what are you saying? Well, I just got a text from Nancy Mace, <laughs> the, the congresswoman out of South Carolina. I love Nancy Mace. You guys know I love her. And um, here's what she texted me. She's coming live in studio. I've never met her. She's been on about, what, six or seven times now, and but she's never been here. I've never met her. She's coming live in studio in the next 15 minutes. And she said... My mom is blowing me up about being on this show this morning. She's a huge fan. I said, your mom? She lives in Charleston, South Carolina, Nancy. She goes, yes. 
She listens every day, never misses a show. She loves you, and her name is Anne. So, Anne, if you're listening right now, we love your daughter, Nancy. We love her, and we love you. We love everybody who loves this show, which is basically everybody. Except folks who haven't heard it yet. That's the problem, is get folks who haven't heard it to stop listening to 1010 Wins, boring, 880, boring. Boomer and Geo, we got it. Buck Walter got fired. The Yankees sucked. The Jets lost. Here come the Giants. Now what? In everything Boomer and Geo cover this morning, we cover. And I get Bill Sims and Lawrence Taylor and Joe Namath and Mike Piazza and all these guys. So there's no reason to listen to anything else because they ain't getting Donald Trump, Eric Adams. I can promise you that. Talking about Eric Adams, he did put us in Breitbart today. This uh, dates back to a conversation Thursday about the illegals, which is how I choose to, uh, what I choose to call them. And um, I brought up to Eric, I said, you know, Eric, you were there, man, in the beginning. You love these people. Now you're fed up. Now you're frustrated. Isn't it too late? So Breitbart and a bunch of other publications actually took that piece of the Rosenberg-Adams interview, made it a big story today. If you missed it on Thursday, the specific exchange in Breitbart today, this is me and Mayor Eric Adams, cut number six. A lot of your critics say the same thing. Mayor Eric Adams now is frustrated. He's angry. You know, he can't handle the situation. Who could, okay? But he was the same guy, Mayor Eric Adams, who was yelling and screaming, hey, we're a sanctuary city. Come on, come all. He was the same guy that when the buses first got here, was right there online shaking the hands of these people. He's the same guy that is putting these people in four-star hotels. Why are there still hundreds of people sleeping outside the Roosevelt Hotel, some of our finest establishments? He's that guy. So, okay, he's upset now. Where was that Eric Adams a year ago? What would you say to that? Well, first, let's be clear on something. I'm passionate. And I, I find it, I find it disrespectful whenever someone shows passion. It doesn't have to be me or anyone else. That all of a sudden is angry. I'm passionate. I'm a passionate New Yorker. I have a New York attitude. You know, you try getting on the train and steal someone's seat on the train. You want to see passion? You may call it anger. No, this is how New Yorkers talk. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with people. I'm not robotic. I'm not going to try to be so philosophical and theoretical. I'm a, I'm a, an opinionated passionate New Yorker. That's it. If something pisses me off, I'm going to let you know. And I'm not going to live with it. You don't see me walking around upset all the time. I enjoy being mayor fighting on behalf of working class people, but I'm going to express it the way I express myself. I'm not going to, I'm not going to fit in the box. What I did is what all of us have, we have all done in this city. There's a reason the Statue of Liberty folks sits in our harbor. I don't care if you came from Irish ancestry, if you came from Italian, if you came from Greece, if you came from the Caribbean, if you came from Africa. All of us wanted an opportunity to pursue the American dream. And I said I'm not going to treat people in an undignified way. When early groups came here, they had the right to work and to participate in the American dream. Yeah, but, but in all fairness, and, but, but Mr. Mayor, in all fairness, those people did it legally. They were vetted. What's going on here is ridiculous. So there's the mayor, and then the governor, Kathy Hochul, yeah, I guess she figured it out, huh? She ain't no dummy. Oh, I'm kidding. She is effing stupid. She's a real dummy. Finally, yesterday, this corrupt, crook governor 
who may be worse than Cuomo. I, I don't know what's close. I mean, 18,000 people are dead because of Cuomo. He refuses to accept responsibility. I don't care. Hey, Andrew, you can go on John's show all you want. You can come on, fill in for me when I'm not here. You're a murderer. Bottom line, your policies led to nearly 20,000 dead. Yours, not Trump, not anybody else, yours. But this lady, she's right there with him. But finally, on Face the Nation yesterday with Margaret Brennan, she admitted, you ready for this? The border's an issue. No, no, come on, come on, come on, Kathy. Really? Dingbat. Cut number 16. I want them to have a limit on who can come across the border. It is too open right now. Uh, people coming from all over the world are finding their way through, simply saying they need asylum. And the majority of them seem to be ending up in the streets of New York. And that is a real problem for New York City. No 125,000 newly arrived individuals. And we are being taxed. Now, we are always so proud of the fact that New York has the Statue of Liberty in our harbor. We, we are one of the most diverse places on earth because of our welcoming nature and our it's in our DNA to welcome immigrants. But there has to be some limits in place and Congress has to put more controls at the border. There you have it, folks. <laughs> All right, still to come, Nancy Mace, as I talked about in about 15 minutes, live in studio, fresh off his appearance, which is happening in a couple of minutes, on Rosanna Scotto's Good Day New York, Arthur Idala live in studio, and then all-time New York football giant great Lawrence Taylor. All that still to come. Sid and friends in the morning. Happy Monday morning, New York City. Let's do this. WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. years ago, December, our dear friend Jimmy Orsini, one of the great oncologists in our country today, he's out in New Jersey, Jimmy and his beautiful wife, Maria. 
They took me and Danielle to see Andrea at Madison Square Garden. What a show. I actually had the chance to go backstage and meet Andrea, which was lovely. And he's got a son, Andrea Bocelli, who's like gorgeous, like not good looking, gorgeous, who can sing. And then he's got a little girl, a little angel. At the time she was nine, so she's probably 11 now. And Andrea and his daughter did. Hallelujah. And I cried like a baby. Folks, this is one concert you cannot miss. 77 WABC radio listeners, get ready for a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity that'll leave you speechless. We're giving you the chance to win a pair of tickets to witness the magic of globally renowned Italian tenor Andrea Bocelli live at Madison Square Garden on December the 13th and 14th as he graces us with his enchanting holiday tour 2023. Picture yourself in the heart of the Big Apple, surrounded by the mesmerizing melodies of Andrea Bocelli's angelic voice. As he fills the iconic Madison Square Garden with his soul-storing performance, this is a concert you don't want to miss. Here's how you can be there. Be call the number 7 right now, 1-800-848-9222. Call the number 7. 1-800-848-9222. You'll be heading to Madison Square Garden for Andrea Bocelli, December the 14th. To purchase tickets, head over to Ticketmaster or visit msg.com to learn more. Good luck. Such a good show. Lewis, I'm telling you, man, I know you love all kinds of music from alternative to... Except for disco. I like disco. I like disco, too. Oh, you do? Yes. This guy, Bocelli, Lou, my God. It's it's just a beautiful show. He's And he was so nice when he met me. I Much like Governor David Patterson, I wasn't sure who I was, but... <laughs> Shut up, Lou. I didn't say anything. I, but I, like, I do like his version no, it's great. of Staying Alive. It is very good. What? He didn't do that, did he? The Bee Gees? Oh, sure. <laughs> Cut it out. You know, by the way, we do, uh, we mentioned Danielle DeLillo a couple of times today from Clear Channel. She was at the awards lunch on Friday. Had you known Danielle before? I believe, yes. Oh, you saw her at WOR, right? Yeah, we worked, we worked there around the same time. Yeah, she uh, claims she's Hofstra University's newest professor of PR, but of course she's only kidding. She still claims. She actually does teach, I think, two days a week over at uh, Hofstra. You know, I used to go to this uh, club over there. I think it's called Club USA. You ever go to that club at Hofstra? No. Yeah. I mean, I'm talking years and years ago. Okay. I was only there once or twice. On your way out to the body barn? Call one number seven, please. No, there was a place called, I think, Patty McGee's over there. I I don't even know. Does that sound familiar? Yeah. It was so far away. There's a lot of Long Island clubs, though. Oh, well, I did them all. I I, I used to go um, every Thursday for a long time. I used to go to Eisenhower Park. I guess that would have been uh, Metro. Metro uh, 700. 700. I was with the alternative rock. I actually saw Flock of Seagulls there. <laughs> and then uh, I would go to uh, Sprats and Sprats on the Water. Sprats on the Water. Did both of those. Ocean. And then I did um, I did Spit in Levittown. Yep. I did Montana's. I did Malibu's. Malibu was a great place. Malibu I did. I did. I went to the Hamptons. I did uh, City something or other. I don't know. But it was far, you know, and, and you know, I would get hammered and not proud of this. That's why I went to jail twice and that's why I don't drive anymore. But driving home on that southern state at four thirty in the morning, eighteen shots in is not easy. 
No, I would think it's quite a um, a task. Well, it's too curvy, <laughs> that damn road. That's why. Oh, that's it wasn't even the liquor. <laughs> why did they build this for I drunks? mean, make it straight. <laughs> I mean, no, could you, I mean, you've been on that road before, that southern state. That's got to be a, If you have to drive that every day, that's got to be horrendous. I think it's sober. It's hard to drive. I know. Straight, exactly. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> You're better off at RPM Raceway with my yeah. guy, Al. <laughs> yeah, right. It's a horrendous trip. Do five shots there. Well, anyway. Nancy Mace is here. How do I know that? I just got a text, and it said, here, with 19 exclamation points. Well, she's the greatest, Nancy Mace. I told Donald Trump, make her your um, vice president. I did mention four ladies. I mentioned Carrie Lake. She's also a very, very good friend of mine, in all fairness. And um, two ladies that I'm not very close with, Christy Noam and Tulsi Gabbard. I mentioned them, too. But I want Nancy Mace to get it, but... Donald is kind of busy this morning. He's in court here in New York going over this nonsense. This witch hunt continues. Trying to hurt my good friend Donald Trump, which I'm not happy about. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Sit in friends in the morning. 77 WABC. Fox News right now, my friend Donald Trump on his way to this ridiculous civil trial. So the courts in lower Manhattan today are going to be, well, they're already, it's a mess. But um, they're going to keep at it until they don't. So hopefully Donald Trump will get through this. This is a little serious. It's not a joke. It, it doesn't, there's no political implications, but it's a lot. Taking his name off the buildings and he can't practice in New York and a ton of money fine you, a quarter of a billion dollars. I don't care how rich you are, that hurts. So this is, uh, it's a bad morning for my friend Donald Trump and hopefully he comes out okay. All right, I've been promoting this for a long time. No one more excited than Ann, who's listening right now somewhere. She is the congresswoman out of South Carolina who became friendly on the show about four months ago. She's on mm-hmm. quite a bit. And this is the first time I've ever met her. Seen her on TV a bunch, and it's my friend Nancy Mace. Good morning, Nancy Mace. Good morning, Sid and friends. And my mother, Anne, Anne with an E, is super excited. She's been listening to you for a very long time, and she is stoked this morning. And She's where all is fired she right now? She's not in South She's Carolina. She's in Charleston, South Carolina. Is she from there? Uh, well, she was born in Newark, by the way. She's okay. a Jersey girl. Uh, grew up in Punta Gorda, and then when my parents retired, my my father's from South Carolina, from Hampton, by the way, where the Murdoch murders <laughs> happened. Oh boy! Uh, lots of stories about that family. But um, but she's in Charleston in the district uh, down there right now, listening to you as she always says every single day. That's great. I was watching um, Southern Charm a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorite TV shows on Bravo. It's complete nonsense. Some guy named Shep, some guy named Craig, a bunch of pretty girls, including the girl that got Alex Rodriguez divorced from J Lo. And uh, it all takes place in Charleston, South Carolina. Yeah, and I actually heard from T-Rav actually two days ago. I guess maybe he's not on the show now. It was formerly on the show. Super big fiscal conservative. Who's, yes. Like me, I come from a very libertarian, independent-minded district. 
We're really upset with what the federal government is doing and spending, et cetera. You know, funny, T-Rob. Yeah. T-Rob. Thomas Ravenel, of course. Mm-hmm. Was, he was a politician down there, and he had some rough times, too, by the way. But he's an interesting guy. Let's leave we it at all that. Do. We yeah. all have baggage to carry. Uh, on he, had a little little more bit. Ba- he had more than just baggage <laughs> to carry, but that's fine. Uh, so now mm-hmm. you're here with two gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Now I can finally put the face to the name of the guy that made you late for Tim Scott's breakfast. Patrick, he's right <laughs> He's right here. He's sitting in studio. Oh, what a cute guy he is. He's very I'd be cute. late for the breakfast, too. Ha- handsome, bald guy. <laughs> yeah. And then I got my comms director, Will, here. So uh, very G-rated right now. <laughs> very, very G-rated. You didn't think I'd bring that up, Pat, did you? That's what makes me number one, by the way. That's why people love you. He doesn't mind being known, but he doesn't want to be known for that. And it was, <laughs> really? Yeah, no, I don't I, think I, so. I, I would want to be known for only that. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, he's just... <laughs> Yeah, he's a little embarrassed yeah. by it, but it no, was funny. It was on. funny. You yeah. know, it was a funny joke. I love telling jokes. You're I love beautiful telling jokes. woman. You guys are in love. In fact, you look great today because Thank you're you. here to do the view. I'm here. You're going mm-hmm. on with these horrible witches, these wenches, this Whoopi Goldberg racist, this uh, Joy Behar stupid, Sonny Hostin stupid and a racist. That's quite a bunch of folks you're going to see later on this well, morning. I'm not, I, I don't want to go in an echo chamber. Somebody's got to hear this fiscally conservative message, this normal centrist message. And I'm like... Throw me in, coach. Let's go. Like, I, I'll talk to anybody. I'll debate anyone about any issue. Oh, I know you will. Uh, you yeah. know. But I'll, they're tough. I'll throw it down if we have to. There's, there's like four of them, though. It's a, you know, it's like, uh, you give me a tough guy in the street, and unless it's a movie, like Chuck Norris or Sylvester Stallone or Jeff Speakman, four on one's a tough fight, and yeah. they are vicious. I like to fight. I'm not really, I'm not afraid. I'm not uh, scared to go into You're my scent. No, I'm not at all. You should be scared of uh, Joy Behar. Not at all. Not at all. No. Like, do you like any of them? I've never watched The View. You never. So how did this happen? Uh, well, they invited me on for a long time. Now we find we decided to go. I had time to go and do it, but I've actually never watched the program. I don't watch a lot of TV. Yeah. I don't have a lot of time. You know, you're raising teenagers and you're in yeah. Washington and in Congress. Like you don't have a lot of time for TV. You're on TV all the time, though. I see you like almost every day now. I'll do interviews, but I don't have time to watch. You don't watch it. I don't watch. I don't have time to watch. Okay. Uh, Have they given you any idea what the topics may be today? Uh, we really, I mean, I'm sure it's all going to be current news. It's the hot topics table, I think is what they call it. Okay. And it'll be the news of the day, what's going on. Obviously, government shutdown, um, you know, what that's all about. I'm sure, obviously, with the news with, with Trump today, right. those kinds of things. I'm hoping we talk about women's issues. As you know, that's something near and dear to my heart. Um, okay, so let's go right there. We'll get to the government shutdown and Trump in a second. Women's issues. Mm-hmm. If the conversation was to go your way. How would oh, it's it go? definitely not going my way. <laughs> uh, but how would it go? I, I know because, yeah. of, I mean, obviously, well, I, I don't know this about you. Are you pro-life or pro-choice? I'm pro-life. That's a, I'm pro-choice, yeah, actually. Yeah, and, and, but I'm also willing to find the middle ground because the extremes of both sides, you've got Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, and Gavin Newsom. They won't tell you what their limits are. And then on the other side, we've got people with, with zero. They want zero, no exceptions. So neither of those are the extremities of both sides, but right. somewhere in the middle are 95% of the people, and I bet you said, even though I'm pro-life and you're pro-choice, we agree on 98% of the things. So at some point, that baby has the right to life. I'm saying second trimester. Yeah, like six months. After that, it's murder. Right. So, you know, uh, the left will say no limits. The right will say zero, like no, no abortions. But somewhere in the middle is where 95, 98% of the country is. Yeah, but I agree with that. But yet you realize that even with that said, they're still going to fight with you today. They're going to find something. We'll see. We'll see. I don't, I mean, I'm going with a spoon and a knife. I can be nice (laughs) or I can cut you. I don't know how it's going to go. I'm willing to give anyone the benefit of the doubt. 
um, and see where the conversation goes. But that's the problem today. People are afraid. Republicans are afraid. Democrats are afraid to talk to the other side. And yeah. it shouldn't. Yeah. I'll yeah. debate anyone because I feel like yeah. my my ideas and ideologies and policies and philosophies, it's important to talk about even when someone disagrees with you. Well, we saw that just now, this whole government shutdown, right? First you mm-hmm. had Republicans versus Democrats. Then you had Republicans versus Republicans. This yeah. guy, Matt Gates is a psycho. You may like him. He's a psycho. He's got to get out. He's killing us. Uh, you know, you got to stop at some point. At the some Matt point, Gates you stop. Matt Gates is right on this. I have to tell you. Oh, there, God, there, no. no. You yes. can't have a government no. shutdown, Nancy. I don't want a government shutdown, but we have a law in the books from 1974, the Budget Impact and Control Act, that says Congress is supposed to have a budget. Congress is supposed to have 12 spending bills every year put out by October 1st, but Congress doesn't follow the law. So how can we ask our fellow Americans to follow the law when Congress will not follow its own laws? I just want us to follow the law. That's what he wants. This should have been done before October. It wasn't, but this is what Congress always does. No matter who's in charge, they have one giant spending bill, no vetting, no amendments, and uh, you know, and you have no time to read it. If you had 12 spending bills, it's vetted through committee. You have amendments. You have time to read it and absorb it and make that vote. But that's not what Congress says. So four people, when you do it via CR, the four most powerful people get all the say. The people don't have the power. And that's the problem with it, no matter who's in charge. Well, you got 40 days now to do what you're talking about, or 45 days. But uh, oh, any- there'll be another CR and omnibus. Oh, sure. They, they won't sure. do the bills the way they're supposed to be done, because that's what Washington well, you does. you've got to get 12 done, right? And I think you've got four of the 12 four, done right now. We've done four, but Chuck right. Schumer hasn't done any of the four yeah, bills we've sent over. Because he's a scumbag, that's why. Yeah, well, he, I can't curse on this. Well, show. you can say <laughs> Schumer's full of shit, basically. <laughs> so, um, but the four, the four bills, the four bills we've sent over yeah. are about fund 70% of the government. I know. Why can't you take them off? I don't know. Uh, I don't you know, know, so this is, is just a power grab by the most powerful. What do you think about the, uh, thought that part of the reason why Matt Gates has such a hard on for McCarthy is, is because when all those uh, rumors were popping up about Matt, underage girls, all that sex harassment stuff, that he felt like Kevin McCarthy didn't rush to his defense. And that's part of the reason why he's extra tough on Kevin. Do you buy that or is this just, no, this is how he feels politically. These I've days. had conversations with Matt and that has never come up. So I don't know what oh, Matt. Oh, you're friends with him. I, well, I have conversations with everybody on both sides of the aisle. Okay. Uh, if you're willing to work with me, I'm willing to work with you. Matt and I have had our differences. We've gone at it. We've called each other names. We've cursed each other out on air. Like we, really? we've had it. But his his viewpoint that we should be following the law is what we should be doing. So it's it's ironic that I'm agreeing with him because it's not unreasonable to ask Congress, just follow the law. That's it. Okay. I mean, the spending levels, we're going to argue over that, and I won't win that argument. But you can do what Congress wants to do with the 12 spending bills. It's just follow the damn law. Like, that's all I'm asking. Okay. And that's all he's asking. That's too. fair. Congresswoman Nancy Mace live in studio. She's going to do the view today. I can't, I'm going to watch that. I can't wait to see that. Uh, <laughs> I can't wait. Honestly, I can't wait. I love a good uh, I debate. I can't wait. See, I think, I think... They initially reached out to you because you weren't, you didn't like Trump. Now you've kind of come full circle. And when I had the president on just two weeks ago, mm-hmm. you were the first of four ladies' names that I mentioned. I said to him, this needs to be your running partner. And I said that because, you know, I've had lengthy discussions where you've admitted that you've kind of come around now on Trump. But they probably don't know that. They think, oh, there's that Nancy May. She's a Republican and she hates Trump. So you need to sit down today and start off by saying, by the way, I've changed my mind about Donald Trump. He should be president. 
and then see how the rest of the interview goes. Oh, their heads will explode <laughs> if I said oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, completely explode. But here's the thing about me, and you know this, Sid. If my party's right, I'm with them and will support them. But when my party's wrong, I'm going to call them out every single time. They're wrong on women's issues right now. One of the, my frustrations with leadership is that I was promised some legislation to move forward um, some women's issues and gun violence issues. That has not happened this year, nine months in, ten months in now. So when they're right, I support them. When they're wrong, we're going to call them out. And I do that every single time in an independent voice. I do my own thing. And when it's wrong, I'm going to say so. Well, the women's issue, the abortion stuff, I, I think we both agree, killed us. You know, in 2022, I'll never forget Jesse Waters the night before. We're getting 53. We're getting 54. I'm like, yeah. We're, and then we got nope. nothing. We got nothing, right? So there's no question abortion was part of that issue. Abortion so, was on the ballot. Abortion will be on the ballot Next yes. year. So what works in favor for us? Does what works more, I should say, abortion against us or the migrant issues in every city, including this one, for us? Well, if Republicans didn't spend so much, I would say our fight against inflation would be a winner. But right now, immigration is a huge issue. You see what's going on at the border. It's disgusting. That's a win for us. It's a win for us. But on the women's issues, it's a loss for us because Republicans are afraid to talk about birth control. They're afraid to talk about their limits. They're afraid to talk about rape. You can't be afraid. Women want to hear from you. They want to know where you stand, and you should not be afraid to put to talk about these issues. And I'm pro-life, but pro-life groups won't work with me because I'm talking about birth control. They're anti-birth control. How effing crazy. That's crazy. It's crazy. Come on, it's 2023. Like, no. Stop. If you want to reduce the number of abortions in this country, yeah. you got to be pro-birth control. Well, you could do what I did after my wife had uh, our second child. I had a, uh, what do you call that, vasectomy. You got snipped. I got snipped. And, um, no more babies for you. Oh my God. Initially, when the doctor put some, uh, whatever it was to kind of, to, uh, numb the, uh, that area. It was like they set my balls on fire. I don't care. Good yeah. for you. That's a great decision. <laughs> and now she doesn't have to be on birth control for the rest of her life. You deserve care. it. You've earned, she's earned that. You. She's earned that. You did the right thing. That's the greatest response I've ever gotten for any question. I don't care. <laughs> that means nothing to me. I was fine. Um, yeah, a day of ice, you're fine. You're totally fine. It was more than a day of ice, trust okay, me. You sit on a donut uh, for two days, you're, you're totally, it, it's right for the woman. Get now snitched. tell me about McCarthy. Gates wants him out. And he's going to do his best to get him out. Now, he needs the support of 200 Democrats to get it done. No, no, no. no actually, no, no, no. no, no. no You've got Hold Republican on. talking points. That's not true. All right. That's not true. Not true. Actually, Gates only needs four Republicans to vote against McCarthy. If everybody in the room votes, then then McCarthy has to get to 218. He won't get to 218 because there's more than four people who vote against McCarthy. The only way that McCarthy keeps a speakership is with the help of Democrats, period. Now, which way are you voting? I don't know yet. Yes, so do. I don't, I don't, I don't, I, I am, Nancy, I'm Nancy you, you don't wait till the last second about anything. Sometimes I do. Never. Uh, yeah. Maybe when you're going for dinner uh, with Pat tonight, <laughs> that's about it. When I'm in New York, we do Italian, <laughs> whatever it is, we're doing Italian, but I will tell you, well, uh, you go Italian in the city, in the city. All right, so but, if you want to go in the city, because I went to a great Italian restaurant, there's two in Brooklyn. Well, we still have to do dinner. You promised I, me we would do I, dinner I, one of the next times, but we I'm, haven't had time I'm to do it to yet. Take you guys we're going to, we're going to do it at some point. But if you do it tonight. Uh, if you want I to go, to go back to D.C. Tonight? Right after the view. Oh, so, so you're done. Okay, no dinner tonight. But uh, yeah. I have a bill on the floor today So at 4 o'clock today. What bill is that for? It is the MACE Act. It actually uh, gets rid of college degrees for IT and cybersecurity professionals so they can get a job in the federal government. You shouldn't have to have a four-year degree. I love that. To work in cyber or IT right. uh, at all. There are plenty of talent, including Patrick's oldest, who's extremely talented programmer, 
never went to college. The kid makes more money than I do at 22. <laughs> Owns his own home, getting ready to buy another one. And I'm like, I did life wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I was a programmer in 1999. I was making 35K a year. This kid's making more than I was at the same age. You don't need a college degree to do IT. I Why are we agree. limiting people from getting those important federal jobs? Well, how do you think that's going to go for you later on today? I think it'll be successful. You do? I do believe it'll be successful. It's a bipartisan what bill. If, uh, what if Matt Gates votes against it? It's not, I, I, don't think, I don't think anybody. I mean, Katie Porter and I did this bill. Yeah. It, it looks good. Like, it'll pass. It's the right thing. It's bipartisan. Yeah, yeah. It's common sense. And we've gotten very little done this year. So I will take that notch, take that as a win. What is your favorite part in New York City? Oh, gosh. I love the spirit. You do? I just love being out, seeing the people. Have you seen a man defecate in the street yet today? I have not yet. That's good stuff. But the homeless (laughs) issue is a lot more now, and the crime is a lot more now than it used to be. I mean, 10 years ago, I could walk around here alone and feel safe. I don't feel not at night. You shouldn't. Well, not not anymore. I don't feel safe walking on during the day or at night. Even in the day and night, because of the crime. I mean, you know that issue. And where you if you turn a block, you're in the wrong place. Sorry, we're not bougie. You know. uh, Well, I don't need to be bougie. I just want to be safe. (laughs) I just want to be safe. No, you're right. You're right. I I I don't even like it when my wife and daughter would come into the city. Uh I was like, the bad idea. Stay. Go to Brooklyn. Go to Queens. I don't like it either. You're right. But you but you feel it, right? You feel it. Yeah. The trash. The homelessness crisis. And then now, you know, bosses of illegal immigrants are getting dropped off, too. It's a sanctuary no. city. They can't complain about it. I know. Well, I had yeah, Eric Adams on it... last week, and I, and I yelled him about that. I you said, should. I said, yeah, and I said, you said, come on, come on. He said, I never said that. And you said, you're a sanctuary city. This is the place to go. And he said, don't worry, because I've decided that from now on, much in the spirit of uh, Governor Abbott or Governor DeSantis, we're going to bus all of our illegals to Charleston. <laughs> Well, I will tell you, the number one place people are moving to Charleston from is New York. From number New York one. to Charleston. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By you, it's gorgeous. Yeah, and it's an easy commute. It's an hour and a half flight if you're commuting to the city from yeah. Charleston. Um, but the number one place people are moving from is, is New York. More than Florida. Oh, you're yeah, number yeah. one to Charleston, to Charleston, but not in the whole country. Yeah, okay. but yeah. No, we're the 10th fastest growing district in the nation. Wow. But the number one place people are moving from is right here in the city. So you will you think you'll just live the rest of your life and and uh God forbid that when they come but die in Charleston, that's it. Oh you're, yeah. I mean you're never is, leaving. Never leaving. No, I love South Carolina. Do you like DC? Eh, it's crime. The crime. It's Same not a thing. safe place. i I mean my place in DC has been vandalized. I mean really? yeah, I it's just it is riddled with crime. It is a shithole right now because yeah. of the policies of, of Blue elected officials, well, make right? Sure, make sure More you, crime, t- make, make less sure you tell Whoopi and Joy and yes. Sonny, who live in their multi-million dollar apartments and claim everything is great. We're all thriving. The economy's doing great. Joy Bear said this last week. The, the economy's doing great. The moron said it because inflation's down to 3%. Meantime, interest rates, you can't get a house. 8% so, Yeah, so make rates. sure you explain to these ladies that while they are very, very wealthy and make millions and millions of dollars and live pretty nicely, that the majority of us, even a guy like me, number one in New York, I make, I make a nice living. I don't live great. I gotta yeah. wait for my next paycheck. Well, you gotta, you gotta make a lot of money to live great, good, to live decent in New York City, right? A ton. Yeah. And I, I, we had recess, which does not mean break, but over August, <laughs> but I was home for four weeks and I took my kids to the grocery store. It was almost $500 for a family of four in Charleston to go to the grocery store. No junk food. Just meat, fruit, and vegetables. Wow. I was like, how does a family of four making on average 50K a year in South Carolina afford $2,000 a month of food before going out and eating out at a restaurant? Right. I mean, you just can't afford it. I was, I was, I was just flabbergasted.
How do you go to that uh, beautiful steakhouse? I met you, my daughter. Hall's Chop House. Which the next time she comes down, we'll go there again. You come down to Charleston I, with I her sometime. We'll take come. you there. Yeah. But I don't go there as much as I used to. I mean, it's too just, much money. I can't afford it. Right. Cannot right. afford it. She's in Europe right now, back in Unless college. Unless you're paying for dinner. And then I can. <laughs> <laughs> I will pay. It's on me, no. I promise. So any uh, parting messages for the folks in New York or your mom and listening right now? Any parting messages before your big, big show on The View coming up? Well, just hang in there. I mean, it's going to be a long year for those of us uh, on our side of the aisle to get through 24. I do have great hope for our country, but we got to come together regardless of what happens in the the Republican primary. We're going to come together when we have the nominee. I think the nominee will. I know the nominee is going to be Trump based on the way that it's going. He's running away with it. I hope he puts a woman on the ticket um, because that's the way, the best way for us to win our country back. And we have to. We cannot continue these far left policies. We all need to be water under the bridge when 24 nomination is over and, and rally behind our nominee and win. You are uh, very impressive on the phone and on TV, but even more impressive in person. So, I mean, you're Thank you. smart and sharp. South and Carolina beautiful. loves you. They do? Mm-hmm. I think everybody loves me at this yeah. point, no? Yeah. Well, yeah well, South Carolina loves Sid. So South Carolina. Hey, Louis. Loves Sid. Did you hear that? South Carolina loves me. What do you, we he, marked it down. You yes. marked it down? He gets so upset when people New tagline. Like that. <laughs> New tagline. Even the Dems love me. Even Kelly Ripper told me on the show last Friday I was the best in the business. Kelly Ripper of all good. people. How about good. that? Yes. Uh, oh, Arthur Idalas here, the very famous attorney. You're great. Good luck Thank on you. the view today. It's love you. great to meet you. I love you too. And Pat, nice to meet you. And uh, what is your name again? Will. Will, when he's in charge of the whole operation, Silent right? but deadly. Ah, uh, yes, yes. He's cute. He's, he's, cute. he's got the <laughs> he's smile. He's a nice yeah. young kid. Yeah. He's he'll, very he'll, hardworking. He'll blow your brains out in 15 seconds. Yes. All right, we're going to wrap up hour number three. The great Nancy Mace is on our way to The View. We'll talk to Arthur Idala and New York football giant great Lawrence Taylor. The Giants take on the Seahawks tonight. Monday Night Football wrapping up week four of the NFL season. Nancy Mace, the best. We'll come right back. WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. Friends, how many of us have them? 10th attorneys, I always say him and Takapino, 181B, Arthur Idala, who looks very handsome to the other stuff. So he was on uh, Good Day New York with Rosanna Scotto talking about Trump and all this stuff, you know. So he uh, came into the studio, and unbeknownst to him, Congresswoman Nancy Mace was still here, and uh, he had pretty much the same reaction we all had, which is, 
Nice eyes. Yeah, she's, no, she's, she's clearly a beautiful woman. She's a striking woman. But, you know, after the weekend I had in Brooklyn, I had my first block party ever in my life. I've been in Brooklyn my whole life. They shut down my block on 86th Street, and we had a blast. And then yesterday, the 3rd Avenue Festival was a blast. And the last thing I heard her say to you was, everyone's moving to, where did she say, Charleston? Yeah, she, well, she's a congresswoman. From right, South Charleston. Carolina. And they were all coming from New York. Yeah. I mean, bro, I, you know. You're not God going? Bless. No, yeah. I am not going. If they don't have an Ellen B. Spumoni Gardens <laughs> in Charleston. Well, I want to get to that in a second. But she did say to me, everybody in Charleston loves you. Her mother, Ann, is listening right now as we speak. And you kind of said the same thing to me yesterday about that Third Avenue feast. You texted me. You said, this is neighborhood stuff. It's great. And the quote was from you, not from me, from you. Everyone here loves you. I go, what do you mean everybody there loves me? And listen, that is your base, bro. Whether you re- whether you want to admit it or not, that is what... Well, what... Justin Brandon is not my base. The I know people, he's your the, friend. The, the people he he's repre- a bad guy. The, but, okay, the people he represents, though. I mean, oh, those you know, are my people. These are, these are hardworking homeowners who have multi-generational, multi-ethnic, you know, Greek, Italian, Hispanic. I mean, you go through Bay Ridge now, it is... Every color of the rainbow. Really, every color of the rainbow. And that's what I love like about that? the third effort. I you, love you, you didn't like it better when it was just I the Foglianos no, and Del Corsos? No, no, and no. But it, there was always <laughs> the Irish guys. There was always the Irish guys floating Not around. Many. Couple. No, no, no. The, come on. All the bars on Third Avenue. All those guys were the proprietors of all those places. Well, O'Sullivan's, O'Keefe's. Of course. Hobnails. Uh, uh, um, Fitzpatrick's. Right. Not O'Keefe's. O'Keefe's is downtown right. Brooklyn. But, but, but they may have been owned. The owners may have been Irish. But no, my best friend for Christian Comedy. You know Mrs. Comedy, right? From Helen Comedy? I saw yesterday on the third heaven festival she failed me in science <laughs> she gave me a c minus she failed me too i know, son and i got two c minus the only kid. time i ever got a black eye from my father i swear to god is a true story helen carmody called my house she failed me it was my fault because i never handed in the end of the year assignment i just didn't do it and she warned me and warned me and warned me and finally she called my house and she said mr rosenberg blah 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 and he said let me come talk to you so my father was driving a big caddy at the time. We what made color? Our way, what color? What color? It was uh, black. And we made our way from 2216 Quentin Road to Polly, D- Diker Heights, Page Street. And at one point, he was saying, why didn't you just tell us? He said, I asked you 10 times you lied to me. And I opened my mouth, and he came across with a back slap. And I had a black eye for about two weeks. Now, Two things of that story. Number one, it's spectacular that a teacher called home. Right? Yeah. Because I mean, she cares. She did care. And She's I a have, nice lady. I have no issue with your dad whacking you. Me either. But ju- just so you know, bro, I just represented a lawyer, a lawyer who went to smack his kid, right, in the back of his head. And the kid went forward to avoid his dad's head. And he cut himself on the tip oh. of the computer screen. They locked the old guy up. Oh. And it wasn't an old guy. He's our age. Locked him up. Did the kid get mad? Locked him up. No. The, the kid, kid was I'm like, call the cops on you. No, I forget who called the cops. The other brother. The other kid called the oh cops. Oh, my God. And the cops Jeez. came. And it's, it's a, you know what it's like for a lawyer to get locked up? That's it's terrible. Not, it's not a cool right. situation. But, but you don't, he didn't get this bar. No, 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 no. But, but he, it was scary. He had to put yeah. handcuffs on him for hitting his kid. Oh, it's terrible. Oh, yeah. So you mentioned Lenny. So I told How you about awesome this. is that experience? Uh, and just unbelievable. <laughs> I, I, and, I, and I don't want to minimize these other restaurants, some of which actually... It's uh, just a different thing. It's, it's a just different completely thing. different. Yeah, it was just... And How many courses did you have? Twelve. I was on the air at 810 when you talk about Twelve. So Twelve. I and, was, and then I mean, the dessert. Shrimps and lobsters and steaks and briskets. You and sent me, uh, no, someone sent me pictures of jokes. everything. Yeah, Danielle probably did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just, and then that dessert that comes out, which the size of the plate is like the size of Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah. You know, and uh, the Spumonis are just outrageous. 
And then, like I said, at the end, he finishes off with a bouquet of roses for Danielle's birthday, which was... He, he's a very special he's guy. He's just a sweet guy. And that guy. room is... That room's got everyone in it, from the, the chief of police to the fire department, oh, to yeah. the guy who owns the Chinese restaurant, to the bagel store guy. It's just... It's a real... Um, microcosm of what New York is. So I hooked you up with that. Yeah. I hooked you up with the mayor. You did? We're making you guys uh, buddies again. Right. What else, what's well, the third? What's the trifecta? Well, at least you're conversating. Oh, 100%. No. That, and that I means texted, a lot. I texted him on Sunday and said, this article about you in the Post today is bad, and these are bad people. And he said, that's what I'm up against. So we, we've talked even since then. No, you've done a terrific job. But the one guy you can't help me with, because I'm already there, is President Trump. Oh, he's and your guy. He's my guy. But and Giuliani's my guy. And in this studio, I trump you with Giuliani and Trump. Sorry. Giuliani, just because you represent him doesn't mean you're close with Rudy than I am. Giuliani's like my oh, second father. Bro, Me and Rudy are my, very tight. My father goes back with Rudy from the 1980s when he was a U.S. attorney. My dad was the defense attorney. So I, I, ran, I ran a big, you know, Curtis breaks my shoes about yeah. doing a fundraiser for de Blasio. How about this? I ran a $100,000 fundraiser for Rudy Giuliani when he ran for President of the United States at the Yale Club. That's big. Yeah. That's big. No, uh, you guys, I, know you, I know you guys are very, very close. But uh, my friend Trump is in court today. That's why you were on Rosanna's show. And um, you would hope, you would hope, and it's still not the case, Audie, it's still not the case. You would hope the biggest Trump detractor would see this for what it is, which is a grotesque witch hunt. This guy, there's no victim. The banks are even happy. He did nothing wrong, and they're trying to take his businesses away. He can't practice, take his names off the buildings, quarter of a billion dollar fine. This is grotesque. What did you say on Good Day New York? Uh, well, Rosanna asked me the exact question you you just gave the answer. She's like, well, who was the victim here? I said, there was no victim. But, you know, we all sign these documents, and at the bottom it says, you know, lying under these documents is a misdemeanor, et cetera. So, yeah, you can't say that they're not targeting this guy. You have to have your head in the sand to say they're not targeting this guy. And this case may be worse than the, the criminal ones where he's threatened with jail. Because this is taking away who, not only his f- money, but like who he is, taking his name off of everything. Now, they are appealing it as we speak. And my partner, Judge Leventhal, who was on the appellate division, says they basically, if they could show that the judge taking the power of running the companies away from Trump and his organization will cause, and here's the t- key word, ir- term, irreparable harm, irreparable harm, then the appellate division will say, okay, Judge Engaron or whatever his name is, we're not going to institute what you just said. The Trump people could still run it. Probably they'll say you can't sell any businesses. You know, you can't bankrupt them in any way. You just have to maintain the status quo until we look at the whole case and what's going on. Because imagine they're going to call a law firm and say, you law firm now run the Trump enterprise. And, and Sid, they will change the locks on all the doors where the Trump people have access to. They will just take over. It's emasculating to say the least so you walked in moments ago I'll wrap it up here and you bumped into uh, Curtis Lee the great Curtis Lee the one right. only Curtis Lee the great Curtis Lee yeah, that, 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 that continues to <laughs> accuse you for days of stealing money and yeah. uh, you know doing something some illegal raising money for Eric Adams I don't even know what he says so last week you came on on Friday and you explained just why Curtis Lee is wrong but Curtis doubled down today, and you heard it, and you said, thank you, Curtis. You make me a household name even better than page six. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. He can't so, stop talking about so now it. what it's is he talking about? about? Now what? Right? I mean, you know, when he says this stuff that we're bundling and, and not collecting money properly, it, it's just 
total nonsense. Everything was done properly. He just said to me in the hallway, you think they're going to remember they gave Adams money? I go, yeah, because I have pictures of everyone with the mayor shaking his hand. And everyone filled out the right forms. And look, Eric Adams and his team, are they know everyone's gunning for him, like he just told you. So they're doing everything. They're crossing every T, dotting every I. Look, when Curtis just saw me, he got on one knee. He said, Arthur, I'm sorry. He did not apologize. I'll tell the truth as much as he does, right? Right? He says, I'm going to get a locked up. So if he can tell BS stories, why can't I tell BS stories? What's funny is we were trying to figure out the right attorneys to represent us in this illegal crisis. You know, you probably call them asylum seekers. No, no, no. I call them migrants. Yeah, they're illegals. Uh, I I know, but I don't think technically they are illegal. No, they're illegal, yes. Um, But they're they're not not citizens. It's not their fault. So we're trying to figure out the right attorneys to go to court and help us, you know, because these guys on Staten Island, Lou Gellarmino, you know, Lou and his buddy Mark, they did a terrific job. And, you know, so I, I reached out to Joe Murray. And, of course, every time attorneys come up, it's always, oh, your friends from Poly Prep, Joe Tacopina, and Arthur Idala. And then he's got these, got these buddies. They're also buddies of mine, like Johnny Tobacco. I love Johnny Tobacco. I love him. He's I don't a, believe he's a lawyer. He's not a lawyer, is he? Right, no. No, he's a, but he's a rebel, and he's an American. He's yeah, a yeah. patriot. Who doesn't love job. John Tobacco? Right. You gotta he's got tobacco. great suits. He, he does. You're right. I know. But he sent me a picture of you with the mayor. Smiled. It was a video. And said, this is why uh, Artie Idala will never go to court for us. Uh, uh, of course, what he's trying to say is you're friends with the mayor, so you don't ruffle any feathers and stick up for the I folks who are mad about the migrants. I think quietly the mayor will be thrilled if, if you guys won some of these lawsuits. I, 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 you know, it's not he's quietly. not allowed to I say that. Will. I know he right. will. He's not allowed to say that. Uh, look. I do a certain amount of pro bono work. I think representing Rudy Giuliani in Georgia pro bono <laughs> is a little bit more important because that guy has a mandatory minimum. God, this is true. Of five years in prison, God forbid, if Rudy's case goes sideways. Wow. And I want to do everything I can to prevent that from happening. I just want to end with this because I need people to know this. All kidding aside, when I saw Curtis, he shook my hand. We yeah. kibbed. Yeah. We went back and forth. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we have a we have a relationship that goes back a long but, time. But he's a good guy like that. Yeah, no, it's, like, it's you understand that John Gotti's guy shot him six times. I know he still hangs out. And he out saw with Gotti at some dog event a couple summers ago, and they basically made out. Yeah, and you know it's funny because Curtis is uh, going against the migrants, and I say this to people all the time. Curtis Lee was the only person who I know who he goes up to homeless people, like really guys who are, you wouldn't go, you and I would not go near Sydney. Correct. And he goes over and says, hey, what's going on? And he feeds them. How'd you wind up he like this? He feeds them with his yeah. fingers. So it's a little, it's a little uh, contradictory that a guy like Curtis, who's in the streets helping real no, no, homeless, no, 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 degenerate he's, he's people. Now. He's, it's not against the migrants. He's not against the migrants. He's against the politicians that continue to lie to us, including our friends, that continue to lie to us and make a horrible situation worse. He's like me. We don't blame the migrants. And you're right. He'll go up to a homeless guy. He'll stick his fingers I know. in their mouth. This is crazy It's stuff. not about the illegals or the migrants or the asylum seekers. It's about the politicians who are lying to all of us. Well, you bet your girl, Kathy Hochul. She what smoked about up my this girl? Week. Yeah, isn't she your best friend, though? I'm, I'm, she's she finally said the, something she's this almost weekend, at right? Cuomo stage, yes. Yeah, she, she finally, finally said, said yeah. something yeah. this weekend. It took her yeah. you know, like a little while, but... Yeah. Look, I, I. By the way, what time is your dinner with Hoko tonight? I have, yeah. <laughs> I'm going. To, I'm going to the Giant Game with hopefully with your next guest with Laura Taylor. So hopefully he calls in. Well, if his plane lands, he'll call in. Yeah, he's okay. he's very responsible like that. Well, no, he is. Are, he wouldn't stiff you, especially your relationship no, he, with no, him I goes back him so far. Yeah. And I know you and Justin Brennan are very close from your days at Open Anthony. We we were buddies. I I don't like uh, dislike him personally. I mean, we had you a, like his tattoos. 
Well, that looks stupid. <laughs> God. You know, all you kids You don't out do there, tattoos, right? You don't do tattoos? Look, uh, Artie, eventually you're going to be 60. Walk on the beach in Hollywood, Florida. Oh, yeah. Look at a 60-year-old lady with tattoos. You should she see looks Europe, like trash. But, Sid, every girl in Paris, every girl I in know. Milan, they're covered. I know. They're putting them on their face. Yeah, but they don't realize in 40 years... I'm no, with you, bro. They look like trash. I'm afraid of needles, so I'm, I don't... Well, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll take that. Uh, as your attorney, Sidney, yeah. we could just, just right. leave it we'll there. Leave it I like know you that. got vaccinated. <laughs> that was good. Very good. You got the vaccine. Three good posters, you. something like that. I don't know. <laughs> hey, you look great. I love you. Thanks for having you, me. You are such a great radio guest. I hope you really calls in. You'll have fun with him. I hope so, too. It's good to see you. I love you. All right, you're the Say best. Your mom I'm sorry I don't look as good as your previous guest, but I'm trying. As a male, as a male, you're pretty close. God bless you, sir. You too, buddy. Let's check in with uh, Dr. T, the Monday morning sports wrap-up brought to you by NJ Diet. You will lose a contractual 20 to 40-plus pounds in just 40 days. Check them out at 855-5NJ-DIET or NJDiet.com. There's just two undefeated teams left in the National Football League. The Dolphins got blown out in Buffalo yesterday. That's San Francisco and the Eagles. And here's one of the biggest yeah. Eagle fans, Artie Turovitz. Good morning, Dr. T. What a great what a great game yesterday. That was a Thank great game. Know. That was I, I actually thought when the com- when the Commanders got the kickoff in overtime, I thought they were actually going to win that game. I thought so too. I love their their quarterback's a real gamer. Uh, he, Sam he, he, Howell he, he, out of North Carolina, very good player. Yes, he's a, is, this is first year, or his second year, second rookie, year, right? No, he was a there last year. year, and late in the season when Taylor Heineke got hurt, he started late right. last year, and they went to him this year, and he's uh, one of the better up and up and coming quarterbacks, I think. He absolutely is, and he uh, he really really showed himself. He didn't didn't blink at all. He was uh, went went uh, you know went one went with uh, back and forth with Hurts. It was a really really great game. I was glad to see the Eagles were, pull, were able to pull it out uh, at the end. Were you glued to the TV watching the uh, Taylor Swift ball last night like everybody else? <laughs> I mean, I, I, nine mentions way too many. It's just it's stupid. Oh Nobody, it really is dumb. But you know, again. Uh, the NFL loves it because they can prove they can prove this jersey sales and eyes watching yeah, the game. Yeah. You're not. You, this is the first time ever. Fourteen year old girls are watching football. That's a fact. That's a fact. So they love every second of it. I can't stand it. But more importantly, I was shocked to see the Jets almost beat them. They had a chance to win. They did, and unfortunately, you know, Zach Wilson probably had his best game of the season and just yes. ruins it with that horrible, horrible fumble at the end. That was terrible. Really so disheartening is a it's so disheartening. They have such a phenomenal defense, and it's so their secondary is incredible. Yeah, and it's got to be so disheartening as a Jets fan to watch. To you know, if the Rodgers was there, I think they'd probably be three and one right now. Oh, for like sure, I mean, I, for sure, they may be four and zero. Oh, and and uh, Mahomes it was almost like somebody paid him off last night. I mean, he kept throwing the ball to Jet defenders all night. I mean, he wasn't even close. He was underthrowing Kelsey, overthrowing Tony. I'm like, what is going on here? Seventeen nothing lead. They almost lose. So for all the guys well, out there that think every night. game is fixed, my God. They all they all had a fun night. They had the post following them around. Them and yeah. the wives all night writing about it. They had a fun night in New York Saturday. Came in maybe, who knows. But the Jets secondary is incredible. Well, and, uh, it is incredible, but, but Source Gardner had a bad penalty last night. That hurt him bad. Call. Yeah. Just an awful call. Listen, I know what it's like to be on a, the other side of a bad call against the Chiefs, believe me. Right? <laughs> yes, you do. So who do you like tonight, quickly, Giants or Seahawks? I think I think the Seahawks probably beat them tonight. All right. There you have it. Arthur Turbitz, as always, thank That's you, Arnie. All right. Thank you very much, Dr. T. NJ Diet, folks. Check them out, 855-5NJ-DIET, njdiet.com. We'll take a short break. When we get back, we may or not, may not be joined by LT, the great Lawrence Taylor. 
Either way, the next segment is brought to you by my dear friend Pete Morgan and the fine folks at Peerless Boilers. Check them out today and every day. PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com. Folks, I know it's going to be 80 and sunny the next three days, but before you know it, it's going to be cold. Don't wait until it's too late. Get yourself a brand new Peerless Boiler and do it today. More sitting friends in the morning on a Monday. WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. By the way, talking about my homes last night, and I said to Justin at like 5 o'clock this morning, I go, I've watched Pat Mahomes a lot of years. I've never seen him, like, not even close to hitting his wide receivers. Not even, like, straight to C.J. Mosley two or three times. But do you realize the line last night was nine, nine and a half? The Chiefs are up by three. Pat Mahomes has an easy touchdown, which would have put him up by nine, extra point ten. Chiefs get the cover. And he slides and falls at the two-yard line, and they run out the clock and win by three. Mm. Again, uh, you know, I hate guys. Every game is fixed. I hate that. Every game is fixed, the conspiracy stuff. But I'm just telling you, man, he... He was locked in on Jet Defenders. That's not him. And then he slides with a chance to get the double-digit lead and win the game and cover. He slides at the two-yard line. Well, he's not and then thinking, runs out the clock. Yeah, but he's not thinking about the He's thinking about running out the clock. Yeah, that's no, what he's thinking about doing. scoring a touchdown. I don't There's know. no NFL player that doesn't think about scoring a touchdown. They slide down at the one-yard line? I've, no I've, way. I've seen no it happen one. before. Seen, Never. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen it one other time where I actually saw a running back. I forget who it was. And he ran side to side. And then he eventually fell down inside the one. Well, it may have been Barkley. No, if, if you remember when Deshaun Jackson returned that kick against the Giants, he ran a claw across the goal line Bro, to make sure that he hit double zero. Nine times out of ten, you run into the end zone. You go up by ten. The Maybe. Jets are out of timeouts. The game is over. You're right. You score the touchdown. I agree with you. Well, most you're, guys, most guys are It's a nine-point spread. Yeah. You're up by three. He's throwing the Jet defensive players all day long and slides out at the one. I agree with and you. And then runs out the clock. But to, not, to, not, to say it's not a smart play... Or a team-friendly play, I think, would be the wrong the well, wrong idea. It was a stupid play because because it, well, it didn't matter. It went out the clock. Right it didn't matter. Clock. But that's what <laughs> yeah, I'm but saying. they go up. The Jets are out of timeouts. You go up by ten with a minute left. But he's not thinking all the way through to that. Oh come on! He's thinking the clock. The right. clock I'm is telling the you enemy. something. There was okay. something. Okay. There was something fishy about <laughs> that. Something game fishy about Patrick Bow. Okay, I mean, what do you think? You... The guy, the guy can't miss anybody. He's up seventeen nothing in the first quarter. Yeah, seventeen nothing, and they get two field goals the rest of the way, Damn, and they fishy. drop four interceptions. And he and he falls down at the one yard line as a as a nine point favorite with a three point lead. Come on, crazy! Wake up! Come on! That's it. Come on! Maybe his maybe his wife is withholding something because of his comments on Taylor Swift from the week before. (laughs) I don't know. I'm just saying that that could be affecting his (laughs) on field product. For the conspiracy theorists out there, think the NFL is fixed. I think it's stupid. Believe me, this one looked like it may have been Pat Mahomes. I don't know. I did. I liked the videos last night though when his father pitched for the Mets. Yeah, father Pat uh, pitched for the Mets. Patrick was a little boy, and they showed him taking batting practice. 
downstairs at Chase Stadium. That was kind of cute. Well, he standing did next to Timo Perez during the World Series. He did a uh, an interview with Derek Jeter. I don't know if that was featured this weekend in one of the when he was a little kid. No, like no, he did it last week. Oh, last week. Yeah. You know, A-Rod wants to talk about Jeter tomorrow. Tomorrow we're going to celebrate Hispanic Heritage Day here. And I've gotten a couple of yeses already, one being the police commissioner, the first ever Latino police commissioner, Eddie Caban. And thanks to uh, Joe Tacopina, Alex Rodriguez will be on tomorrow. He'll be on at 930, which is very exciting. I like Alex. And uh, say what you want. Just, in, just He's the best shortstop I've ever seen, ever. Just is. He's not going to make the Hall of Fame because of steroids, which I'm not going to get into it now, but it's stupid. Mm-hmm. They should all be in the Hall of Fame. Every one of them, Bonds, McGuire, Sosa, A-Rod, Schilling, and Pete Rose. That's gambling, not steroids, but they should all be in the Hall of Fame. It's stupid. And all of a sudden, they're, they're worried about morality. Mickey Mantle, have Trunk, taking greenies, and all kinds of stuff has happened over the years. They're worried about it now, you know. Yeah. Um, anyway, so A-Rod will be on tomorrow, but he wants to talk about Jeter, well, why not? I guess him and Jeter worked together on Fox this year. Yeah. I said, that's fine, but I just want you to tell me if you think the Yankees will or should fire everybody. <laughs> of course, I'm going through Takapina. I'm not talking directly to A-Rod, you know. Right. And A-Rod said, yeah. So, are you burping? No, I didn't burp. Yeah, you did. You burped. I did not just burp. Oh, you did. You burped. Okay, maybe Come I burped. Come on, bro. Whatever, bro. Like, you don't belch on the air. I'm 56 years old. You're a kid. You're half my age. So? I fart also, but I'm an old man. So? Doesn't even, doesn't even realize he's doing it. Oh, my God, who did that? <laughs> I had a long weekend. You were at the game yesterday, right? Yeah. How was that? It was great. Oh, yeah. He didn't tell you. I almost decapitated a Washington football team fan. <laughs> he finally stood up and told yeah. the other guy to sh- shut sit, up. Sit the F down. I like that. I saw red for like just two seconds. It was fine. <laughs> God. Well, he was wearing red. He's a Commanders fan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was funny. Very funny. Thank you. Very good. Somebody <laughs> called me last night. They're like, we got two tickets for the Giant game tomorrow. You want to go? I'm going, oh, you couldn't pay me. <laughs> Never again. That's Sunday night, week one experience, you sitting in the rain, <laughs> down by 33 to Dallas in the second quarter, pouring you, rain, couldn't get home. You got a, he came home fast. <laughs> yeah. I got two hours of sleep. It was 9-11. I had a blow off Tim McCarthy in that golf tournament. It was terrible. Never again. No more giant games, Sunday night, Monday night. I love you, Pete Morgan. You can have them. Plus the fact, I got to be honest, I don't love the Giants tonight. Like I, I if Geno Smith comes in with Seattle and beats the Giants and puts the Giants with the Jets at one and three, I'm not surprised at all. I just I can't pick the Giants. They haven't shown outside of one half, that second half against Arizona, they have not played good football for the better part of ten quarters. What the hell am I to pick them against a team that has a winning record? And Geno Smith who's gotten a lot better. And he's got real weapons. You know, my guy's looking for Waller. That's the best it gets. This guy's got that beast, that Metcalf, he's a beast. He's also got Lockett, who's 100, but is still great. So I don't know about this uh, giant game tonight. <laughs> I wouldn't pick him at all. No. Why would you pick him? And if they lose, you're looking at a week five where the Jets and Giants are both one and three. Mm-hmm. And the Knicks, they're not doing nothing. Seriously, they did nothing this offseason. They brought in a kid, DiCenzo, another Villanova guy. And the, you know, the, um, the Bucks. The Eastern teams got stronger. Damian Lillard goes to the Bucks and the Celtics got Drew Holiday yesterday. Yep. (laughs) Who, who defends and scores. So the two teams you got to worry about the most, because Miami's going to take a step backwards. Milwaukee and Boston both got considerably better. 
And what did we do? We traded OB Toppin. That's it. <laughs> what are we doing? And the Rangers? I don't know. They look crappy. It's a, it's a preseason, I know, but I have no faith in the Rangers. Oh, God, it's a mess. It's a total mess. The Mets fired Buck Showalter. The Yankees are about to fire everybody. They better. It's they a should. mess. They should. <laughs> I'm a Devils fan now, anyway. So. Yeah, okay. No, Who's that kid in the Devils? He's really fast. He kicked our ass. The 19-year-old, Jack, uh, uh, Jack Hughes. Yeah. Jack Hughes, yeah. I like good. him. I'm going to buy a Jack yeah, Hughes crazy. jersey. Oh, I like the best player on the team. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah, right. oh. <laughs> come on back from Shut the Shut up. Buy <laughs> 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 Talk Radio 77 WABC. Oi. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. Friends, how many of us have them? Friends. 77 WABC. All right, we have about two minutes here. Lawrence Taylor just arrived in New York. He's going with my last guest, Arthur Idala, to the Giants Seahawks game tonight. He's got like two or three minutes, but Lawrence has always been so good to me. He's calling in to say hello. Hey, 56. My man, yeah, what's yeah, going yeah, on, yeah, brother? Yeah, yeah. How are you? How are you doing, bro? How are you? How was your flight? I'm fine. I'm fine. I, I, I tell you, it was, it was a long flight, man. It started yesterday, and I've just been, <laughs> you know, they canceled the fight, and then I'm then I'm fine this morning. But it's been a long, a long trip aye, aye, aye. just to get to a football game. Wow. Well, but what, what, what's it like for you now, Lawrence? You know, again, uh, tonight the yeah. Giants will wrap up week four hosting Seattle. They're off to a one-and-two mm-hmm. start. Look, when you come to town, you're still the greatest Giant ever. I think you're the greatest football player ever. Sorry, Jim Brown, Jerry Rice, Tom Brady. Lawrence Taylor's the best player ever. When you get to the stadium tonight, walk in with Artie. Do you feel like you're home? They make you feel like the man, right, LT, like the man. <laughs> yeah, I'm at home, but I always got to have a Lawrence beside me. You know that. <laughs> Just in case. Oh, my God. Lawrence, that's the funniest thing you've ever said. I always have to have a lawyer. <laughs> you know what it's like, Lawrence? Donald Trump is like the modern-day Lawrence Taylor. He needs oh, lawyers wow. everywhere, too, right, bro? He can't go yeah, anywhere. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's for damn stuff. You know, uh, because you know what? Just a little thing. If he would just tweak his talking a little bit yeah. instead of telling everybody the, the way you feel hey just tweak it he'd be all right yeah he would be you know hey that man he's just hey, loving the death but he was there going um he's going to he's going to tables on his mind do you know him well i mean do you guys i'm sure over the years Lawrence... a lot of golf a lot, a lot of uh, golf together uh you know, whether I'm a Republican or Democrat doesn't really make a difference. I have fun with him, and we have a, a good time. And we play a lot. We play, um, you know, several times a month. No kidding. So on the way out, you know, the last time I saw you, I'll never forget this. So I go to some guy, Steve Loro's house, and he's a great guy. He's got this mansion on Long Island. And I'm there for his Lee Zeldin fundraiser, and Donald Trump Jr. is there, and Kimberly Gilboyle. And the next thing yeah, I know, yeah. you come, you and Otis Anderson, you'll come walking into this house, and you look at me, and I'm wearing a yellow sport jacket and a black shirt, and you go, damn, you look great, Sid. What have you been doing? <laughs> I said, LT just acknowledged the fact that I look great at 57. I love that, Lawrence. Oh, that's good. That's good. But that, that, was, a, that was a good, uh, a good uh, a fundraiser right there. And yeah, you know what? Tell you what. Um, the people must have a little bit of money because it's a good-looking house, too. Yeah? Yeah. That is a gorgeous yeah, house. Gorgeous. So uh, yeah. the Giants going to win tonight? 
I'm looking for the Giants to pull it off tonight. You know, I I pick a game every year to go to, and hopefully we can win it. And um, I think uh, I picked the right one this week. Last one, all those giant teams, Eli Manning won two Super Bowls and all that. But I have to tell you, Lawrence, maybe because I'm old, but your teams, you and Phil and even Hostetler won that Super Bowl, Super Bowl uh, yeah, 25. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are the best giant teams ever. You're the greatest football player ever. But for me, Parcells, Belichick, those are the best giant teams ever, you guys. Yeah, but we had some good times. I'll tell you what, hey, the coaching staff, uh, the, even the owner, uh, you know, the, 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 um, you know, the, the, the regular, the, the, the head man, the yeah, head man, Mara, uh, Wellington. Hey, yeah, Wellington. And so, I mean, those guys who were still was up our, you know, in <laughs> our back and all that stuff. So like, you know what? I just enjoyed it. Football. I just enjoyed it, you know, and um, and I had a lot of fun, you know, and and then every now and then you bring your stink ass over there and they go <laughs> and try to interview somebody. <laughs> Listen to me, I love you. You you've always been great to me. You've been great to me all these years. You saved my life many years ago. Everybody knows that story. Got me into rehab. I love you to pieces. Thank you for taking a few minutes, Lawrence. Enjoy the game tonight, and I'll see you and talk to you very very soon. Fifty six. I love you, pal. You got it, man. Thank you very much. Okay. My man, Lawrence Taylor, everybody, right here on Sitting Friends in the Morning, always makes time for me. Doesn't have to. That man, he gets to New York, they start grabbing at him like you wouldn't believe. But Lawrence Taylor always makes time for me. All right, let's take a short break. Come back. We'll wrap things up. What a great Monday. This is Ben Hunt, Nancy Mason, studio, audience studio, Lawrence Taylor, Curtis Sleva, Rich Lowry, Mike Lawler. We'll wrap it up. Right after this, sitting friends in the morning. And informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Trump arrives at New York City courthouse for a civil trial. There are literally cameramen standing on top of cameramen. I mean, 
It's a madhouse. This guy's going to court. This ain't fun. You've got an AG, some racist, horrible person, and a DA, the same. Both Letitia James and Alvin Bragg. One's got a penis, one has a vagina, otherwise you're the same. And they're trying to destroy this man, ruin his life. Take away the names of his buildings and don't have him practice in New York and find him a quarter of a billion dollars and four indictments out there, too. But this one is really gross. And here he comes walking in, Donald Trump, and he does not look happy. He's wearing a blue tie. There's Alina Haba. He's wearing a blue tie and a blue jacket. No red tie for Donald Trump today. And he looks pretty stoic and serious. He just walked in, surrounded by about uh, three or four of his other men that are with him whenever he travels. So there you have it. Donald Trump is there, and he's about to say something here. No, he's not. He's not going to speak. But he's at the courthouse, and um, this is sad. This is really sad. Even if you hate his guts, he looks pissed. Look at his face. My God. He looks effing pissed, as he should be. That's it for me. Brian Kilmeade is coming up next. Great show today. Lou Rafino, Justin Ellick, Noam Layton, some great in-studio guests, Nancy Mason, Arthur Idala, Mike Lawler. He is speaking now, the president. Mike Lawler, Curtis Saliba, Rich Lowry, Lawrence Taylor stopped by. It was great. God willing, as Gene would say, we'll all be back again tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. on a sunny Tuesday for now. Good luck in there. Good luck, I should say, Mr. President. Sitting friends in the morning. Peace! Must be strong.